Real people. Real opinions. Real talk radio. The multi-award-winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic Hits. This is Classic Hits. And joining me now is Niall Boylan from The Niall Boylan Show. Niall, we're sitting waiting for Taoiseach Leo Varadkar to appear. He's in Washington today where he had a full schedule of St. Patrick's Day events. Uh, the, the Shamrock, the Bowl of Shamrock was uh, was being postponed or cancelled because of COVID-19. Mm-hmm. However, he was due to attend um, the Speaker's Lunch on Capitol Hill and also uh, a breakfast with Mike, uh, with Mike Pence, the Vice President of the United States. All of that thrown out of Kilter now because uh, the Taoiseach about to make a statement. And I think it's quite concerning too that the Taoiseach would interrupt his very busy schedule over there to address the nation so to speak and a lot of people are quite concerned about what he's going to say. Now it could be something in relation to say for example the schools, uh, maybe the schools he's going to tell us if the schools are closing because of course there was speculation during the week that the schools are going to close for four or five weeks according to some of the people online but then the Department of Education of course stepped in and said no that wasn't the case and Simon Harris has been quite clear about the steps that we should take in relation to kind of lockdown theories that we don't do it too soon because if we do it too soon people then start to lack respect for it. In other mm. words, if you ask people to do something for too long it lacks respect. Now Donald Trump of course has had a go at Europe this morning basically blaming Europe it seems um, for what has happened in America. Now Donald of course didn't take it too seriously at the start but seems to be taking it very seriously now in advice and has probably taken a very a huge step which many people believe that we should have taken maybe three weeks ago when it came to flights coming from Italy um, and he's back and all flights uh, from Europe. Yeah, he has indeed uh, making an address at the White House uh, overnight. Um, he basically saying that the US government marshalling the full power in order to protect its citizens. A large number of new clusters in the United States were seeded by travelers from Europe. After consulting with our top government health professionals, we will be suspending all travel from Europe to the United States for the next 30 days. The new rules will go into effect Friday at midnight. Now, as you say, taking a bit of a dig at Europe there, now. And just to um, clarify, by the way, because a lot of people got into panic in Ireland. He did say the United Kingdom, but he is including Ireland, by the way. They clarified right. this morning. Yeah. Obviously, he is including Ireland. He's talking about mainland Europe, okay? So everywhere else, apart from uh, Ireland and England, who seem to be his friends at the moment. <laughs> um, For but, now, anyway. But, which doesn't make a huge amount of sense, because obviously there's quite a lot of affected cases in the, in the UK, in the United Kingdom. So, there's, I mean, there is suggestions by other professionals this morning that this will make absolutely zero difference because of the a flight that come in and out of the UK or in and out of America from all different countries around the world, not just Europe as well. But also Ireland and the UK would be major transport hubs for onward travel to the United States. Ireland in particular, we have US pre-clearance here. So what's to stop somebody who has originated their journey either in the Middle East or in other parts of Europe transiting through Ireland and then flying on to the United States? Are we going to have to see now some sort of um, travel exclusionary zone? For citizens rather than countries. Well, uh, this is my concern last night when I was talking about this last night. Are they saying British citizens or are they saying people from Britain are okay? Because if that's the case, let's all just fly to Heathrow and then fly to America if we want to go to America. So I would imagine, uh, I would imagine it would be based on citizenship as well. Uh, the other thing as well is the poll uh, on the journal this morning I found quite interesting. And we're talking about this obviously just while we're waiting for the Taoiseach uh, to make his statement, which I think it's very important. And that's why we've interrupted Nikki's show today a little bit. Sorry about that, Nikki. We've interrupted your show because I think it's very important that all our listeners are aware and informed as to what's going on in relation to COVID-19. But an interesting poll in the journal this morning asking, are you informed? Or do you feel informed? And I'm surprised that only 61% of people said they actually feel informed. Do you feel informed, Tara? 
There's a lot of misinformation, Niall, and there always is with issues like this. I mean, you on your on your show, for example, have spoken ad nauseum about cervical cancer vaccines and a lot of misinformation tends to uh, gravitate around health stories in particular, I find. And there has been a lot of criticism, I know, uh, from many people of, uh, now it has to be said, the W Health Organisation has praised Irish authorities for their response to this outbreak um, and the containment phase uh, of it here. However, um, you know, there tends to be a lot of, of misinformation around, around health stories. A lot of criticism of why haven't the Department of Health, for example, when they have been updating us on cases, said where they are precisely. Given, it's very, given vague, very cryptic clues, in other words. A woman from the east, which could mean a woman from anywhere between Waterford uh, right up to Belfast, or up to Newry, essentially. Yeah. So that, uh, that, those cryptic clues don't help people and don't help communities. And I suppose also feed into that feeling that you're not being fully informed. Now, the Department of Health and Dr Tony Houlihan, the Chief Medical Officer, stating that that is being done for reasons of patient confidentiality and also, I suppose, not to spread panic amongst the community. But I think it's one of the worst things. Is it not too late for that that already? People are already panicked and maybe it's their job now to calm us down and give us, you know, give us the information because in some countries like Singapore, for example, who are tackling it quite well at the moment, um, what they have, for example, is they have an app where you can literally see where cases of COVID-19 are so you can avoid the areas. Now, nobody's going to get stigmatised with that. It's not the people are going to start beating up because they don't identify the individuals involved, but certainly to know the areas which are most affected. I mean, it's just come up the screen as well. The National Bus and Rail Union has called for a major That's scaling right. back of train and bus capacities to prevent the spread of COVID-19. Yeah, the MBRU this morning basically saying that they should cut capacity, that, that um, the transport chief should cut capacity in half on buses and trains so that therefore there are fewer people travelling, um, that people have more space between them um, to try to limit the spread. Is that necessary at this point in time though. Ireland has rel- a relatively small number of confirmed cases. We've heard from Dr Tony Houlihan evening after evening about how many tests are being carried out on people who are Well, are we presenting. carrying out enough? Because at the moment, I know, for example... Well, everybody who is presenting, everybody who is coming forward and presenting with any type of suspicious um, illness um, is being tested. That's what that's what we're led to I mean, to you take, for example, when we talked about it, and I, I, I put up a tweet there and I... I hope Korea are right because Korea have done the most amount of tests per head of population. Um, they've done over, I think it was at one stage, seven and a half or, or something, a thousand tests, right? And when they did, because they did more tests than anybody else, and obviously, sadly, people did die, their mortality rate statistics were lower at 1%. Mm. Now, of course, if we tested everybody in Ireland, um, the argument is that many people may have it that we didn't know. I may not have any connection with somebody from Italy. I may have some sort of fleeting glance with somebody from Italy uh, or whatever it happens to be over the last three or four weeks. So we may have a different statistic and that might go for the whole of, say, the world, for example, with the exception of Italy, who seem to be pretty bad at the moment because their mortality rates are extremely high. But their, their mortality rates are extremely high, but they have the oldest population Absolutely. in Europe. But, so, but they and, have the best health service in, in oh, Europe as well. Also, uh, I think, uh, and I don't want to categorise all, all Italians, but they also have, and, and health authorities there are blaming precisely the fact that they, in, that they, um, 
the Italians didn't pay much attention. When the schools were initially closed, when the initial restrictions were brought into Lombardy, a lot of Italians sort of felt, oh, you know, we've got an, an extra little bit of holiday time. So they headed to their holiday homes. They went out of town. They socialised. They took their children and, and you know, t- took an, an attitude to it, many of them, that, that wasn't about the essence of containment and wasn't about actually trying to lock down and to keep this virus contained. So that is, is in part why they believe um, that the, uh, the, the spread was so widespread and so fast in Italy and also then obviously an ageing population. Those in the highest risk category are those over 65 and those with underlying medical conditions. So that's why certainly authorities and the WHO believe the spread in Italy was was so fast. Okay, there's just there too. Poland have actually had their first death. I know we have a lot of Polish nationals here living in Ireland as well. Polish Poland have just had their first death and it looks like those kind of announcements will be an ongoing thing every single day for different countries around Europe. So I'll tell you what we're going to do. We're going to take a little break. We, the reason myself and Tara are still here and and Tara has continued on after the news because it's very important that we bring you this. And um, the Taoiseach Lee of Radgar is currently in Washington and he's interrupted his own personal schedule to address the nation somewhat or make a, an announcement, a public announcement. And we feel it's obviously quite important if he's actually interrupted his own schedule to do that. And it's obviously something he wants to make a, a very, very public. All right, so we will come back to us. We're going to go back to Nikki. Uh, but myself and Tara will be back with you as soon as Mr. Radgar comes down the steps to talk to us. Now we can go live to Washington to, to the Taoiseach. Coronavirus and COVID-19. For the past few weeks, the government and our public service have been focused on dealing with the impact of this virus. In that time, we've taken several important and unprecedented measures to protect public health. We've been preparing for all eventualities. Yesterday, the World Health Organization formally described it as pandemic, and the European, the European Centre for Disease Prevention and Control, DCDC, updated its guidelines advising us all to act early to be effective. Our own National Public Health Emergency Team met last night and has issued new advice to government. We're acting on that advice today. There will be many more cases. More people will get sick, and unfortunately we must face the tragic reality that some people will die. The virus is all over the world. It will continue to spread, but it can be slowed. Its impact can be reduced, making it easier for our health service to cope and giving our scientists more time to develop better testing, treatments and a vaccine. It's important to recall that the the disease effects will be mild for the majority of people, especially the young and healthy. But we know that older people and those with a chronic illness are at real risk. And we have a duty as a society to protect ourselves and above all to protect others, our parents and grandparents, our family and friends, our co-workers and neighbours. We have not witnessed a pandemic of this nature in living memory, and this is uncharted territory for us. We said we would take the right actions at the right time, and we have to move now to the greatest impact. So from 6pm today, the following measures are being put in place, and they will stay in place until the 29th of March. Schools, colleges and childcare facilities will close from tomorrow where possible teaching will be done online or remotely. Cultural institutions will close as well. Our advice is that all indoor mass gatherings of more than 100 people and outdoor mass gatherings of more than 500 people should be cancelled. Arrangements are being made to ensure that everyone entering Ireland through airports and airports is fully informed and self-isolates if they develop symptoms. 
you should continue to go to work if you can, but where possible you should work from home. And in order to reduce unnecessary face-to-face interaction in the workplace, break times and working times should be staggered and meetings done remotely or by phone. Public transport will continue to operate. The shops will remain open and we have plans to ensure that supply chains will not be interrupted. We need public and businesses to take a sensible, level-headed and responsible approach during this difficult time. Restaurants, cafes and other businesses can stay open, but should look at ways they can implement public health advice on social distancing. And as a general rule, outside of work, people should seek to reduce social interactions as much as possible. You can all play your part by hand washing, coughing and sneezing into your elbow or tissue, and seeking medical advice if you develop symptoms. This is now more important than ever. The Cabinet will meet later today. Opposition party leaders and counterparts in Northern Ireland and Britain will, will be briefed. In the period ahead, the Government will deploy all of the resources we can muster human and financial, to tackle this threat head-on. Those resources are extensive, but not unlimited. Our healthcare workers have been at the forefront of this crisis since it started, and they will be at the front line of the crisis in the time ahead. We must do all that we can to help them so they can help those who need the help the most. I know that some of this is coming as a real shock and it's going to involve big changes in the way we live our lives. And I know that I'm asking people to make enormous sacrifices, but we're doing it for each other. Together we can slow the virus in its tracks and push it back. Acting together as one nation, we can save many lives. Our economy will suffer, but it will bounce back. Lost time in school or college will be recovered, and in time, our lives will go back to normal. Above all, we all need to look out for each other. Ireland is a great nation. We're a great people. We've experienced hardship and struggle before. We've overcome many trials in the past with our determination and our spirit. And once again, we will prevail. Thank you very much. So Taoiseach Leo Varadkar there making an unprecedented public statement in Washington, D.C. today, confirming that because of the outbreak of coronavirus in Ireland, that um, public buildings are going to be closed down. Schools will close. Colleges will, will close. Other public facilities will close. There was an appeal to businesses to facilitate remote working where possible. There will be restrictions on public transport. The Taoiseach saying that not in our lifetime have we witnessed a pandemic pandemic like this. The move is being taken now from six o'clock this evening. It will stay in effect until the 29th of this month. Uh, Niall Boylan is still uh, with me, Niall. Um, the Taoiseach, in a way, trying to urge calm, saying at the end of his address there that the economy will suffer, there are big changes involved, life is going to change for all of us. He's asking people to make sacrifices, but we're doing it for each other. And he says life will return to normal. The economy will return to normal. We'll catch up on what's lost in schools. Uh, I find it very difficult for people listening when they're listening to the Taoiseach on every medium at the moment, be it no matter on this radio station or TV or whether they're seated when you hear something so serious said, to remain calm. And I I know, and I reiterate that, and I want to reiterate something that he said, which is really, really important, and we maybe forget to say it every now and again. 80% of people who get this virus will only have reasonably mild symptoms, at worst, flu-like symptoms. 
Um, 20%, the other 20% may find themselves needing support. Be it from a hospital, 15% of those may need support in a hospital or from the local doctor. Unfortunately, about 5% of those may need more serious support. 3% could end up in ICU. And sadly, only 1% to 2% of people will probably pass away, those being the most vulnerable in society with underlying conditions already. So I think it's important that we point that out and people shouldn't panic. Mm. But I think what he's saying here is very, very important. This is for the community. It's up to us. It's not up to him. I mean, don't get me wrong, he can make all the decisions in the world, be it to close schools. And he's mentioned, by the way, indoor assemblies of over 100 people have to be cancelled. Outdoor assemblies, I'm surprised at this figure. He said 500 because normally outdoor assemblies is classified at over 5,000. Yeah. All right. So he's saying outdoor outdoor assemblies over 500. So that's all your gigs in the three arena. Mm -hmm. Everything else, all are going to be cancelled. I know that there's between now and the next two months, there's something like 27 gigs. So they're all going to have to be cancelled as well. And I think just to emphasise again, these measures, uh, as you've outlined there, um, are coming into force at 6pm this evening. They Mm -hmm. remain in place until the 29th of March. So there's a number of weeks that this is applicable for the Taoiseach saying that we must do this to protect others, that we have a duty to society, uh, but that it is for a period of time and it is for that predetermined period of time up until the 29th of March. Yes, and, and the other problem as well is that we don't know on the 29th of March, you know, how many cases will we have by then? We have 43 currently at the moment. Will we have 400 by then? Will we have 4,000 by then? We don't know. So we don't know what decisions will be made then. That period of time then could be extended again. We don't really know. Just to reiterate again, public transport will continue to operate, albeit possibly with some curtailments. The Taoiseach didn't specify that. They've asked employers that were possible to allow people to work from home, to stagger break times in the office, to reduce social interactions. And um, obviously schools, colleges, childcare facilities, the Taoiseach saying that teaching where possible will be done online. Um, again, just to repeat what you said there, Niall, social groups of up to 100 people indoors should be cancelled. Just over to mention 500. that because RT have just announced that as well, that all their um, studio programmes that contain audiences, mm-hmm. as and from today, there will be no li- live audiences until further notice. That's right. Um, So an unprecedented uh, announcement from the Taoiseach in Washington, D.C. The restrictions coming into place from six o'clock this evening, continuing until March the 29th. And uh, we'll bring you more uh, in our bulletins in a little while. There also, just to to mention, there is a a press conference due shortly as well from Thonishtha Simon Coveney and the Chief Medical Officer, Dr Tony Houlihan. Um, And I'd say we'll have some some further updates for you then at midday. And we will be starting the Nile Boiling Show a little bit early. So if you want to have your say or let us know how you feel about it, how the schools closing down will affect you, for example, as parents, by the way, who have to get, you know, obviously something to look after your kids while you go to work. How is it going to affect your workplace? How do you believe the country you're dealing with is is do you believe the reaction to it is an overreaction or do you may believe maybe it's an underreaction let us know the number as usual 087-188-0008 that's 087-188-0008 Mike Hogan joins me in the studio as well because Mike is a family man mm-hmm. with two young children I mean are you concerned about this yeah. for those who didn't hear um, the speech by Simon Coveney and or should I say by Leo Varadka uh, the following measures will come into effect uh, from tomorrow until the 29th of March schools uh, colleges and childcare facilities will close from tomorrow 
Now, that's going to be very concerning for parents, of course, who are working um, because childcare facilities will be closed and the schools as well. So, in other words, um, you know, you can't just put your kids into a creche. All right. Also, indoor mass gatherings of more than 100 people and outdoor mass gatherings of more than 500 people, which is normally the 5,000, which is normally what they use for mass gathering. And that kind of surprised me a bit as well, Mike. They yeah. said mass gatherings, 500 people, because in France, when they banned the mass gatherings, they defined it as 5,000, which is a kind of larger amount of people. That's right, yeah. But it, by the way, in relation to, because I'm only digesting the news as well, um, in relation to it being concerning and unprecedented, and I know all these words are used and all that, which is understandable, but it was expected. The speech by the Taoiseach was expected. These measures that he's taken uh, are to be expected as well. There's obviously a lot of concern. It's going to be a, a tough time. There's without a shadow of a doubt, I think we're stating the obvious there. It's going to be a tough time over the next while. But I do think that if you look at the positives, and I'm all about the positives, it is a positive move for us to do this now. So instead of looking at it as a, as, as a real concern, it's a positive move that they're getting ahead of the game as much as possible. I'm glad, for one, that they are shutting the schools. Um, and, and just to mention, by the way, children are, are the least at risk when it comes to this virus. And let's be clear about that. Yeah, but it's not yeah. that your kids are going to get the virus. But the problem is, is that kids communicate this, this virus. So in other words, they're the ones who tend to carry it around from parents. So you, you have it, for example. Your kids get it from you or carry it, bring it into school. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. And give it to a lot of other kids who then go home to their parents. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, my wife is a... a primary school teacher as well which is obviously a concern but I mean at the end of the day the, uh, what I would say to you Niall is that and, and by the way uh, I'm not saying that I haven't suffered with the paranoia and the stress and all the rest I think we all we're, have we're all I'm the, the most logical person in the world yeah, so. look we're all in this together and I, I would urge as the Taoiseach has for everybody in Ireland to pull together now help one another there, is go, there are going to be difficult times insofar as as you say practicalities of uh, um, looking after kids at home or what do you do if you go to work um, I think what the Taoiseach is saying, even uh, he's sort of sending a message to employers that if they can have staff to work at home, uh, that they can work at home, maybe that will sort of uh, alleviate the, 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 the stress of, of having kids at home and being able to sort of mind them and, and do a, a well, job as well. What practical stagger, steps have you stag, taken? As, as an well, okay, I mean, uh, look, as an individual, what practical steps have you taken? The practical personally? steps I've taken personally is we took our child out of um, preschool on Wednesday. Uh, we decided that was the best approach to do. I have parents, as most of the nation does. Uh, I'm 37, so work out the maths. Uh, so uh, we did that. But, uh, you know, I wouldn't say to anybody who left their child in school or anything to panic. My wife has been going into a, a classroom full of children. So, yeah. you know, it's not like we absolutely got out of the risk zone. Um, but look... You have to be careful. Do everything that the the medics, the people, the professionals, uh, those in government are the ones listening to the professionals and they are telling you now that hand hygiene is the most important thing. That distance, social uh, social gatherings, just knock them on the head. And I think it's good as well because a lot of feeling was that if people in, in recent days were sort of saying, I'm not going to that or I don't want that gathering happening or I don't think we should... There's that element of the, the old... Well, I'm where, saying... Where, where, what do you have? You know yeah, I mean? I'm kind of, you, well, maybe I am things, reacting like that. I'm kind of thinking to myself, well, okay, what am I going to? What events am I going to? Should I avoid going to restaurants? Like, I went to a restaurant last night, and in fairness to the people in the restaurant, they had removed half the furniture. Mm. And they had it all stacked over in the corner. So instead of there being, you know, uh, 30 tables in this restaurant, there was only 15. Yeah. And uh, what they had done was spaced out the tables. Which I thought, this is what, of course, Leo Varadkar mentioned. It's up to restaurants and bars and places like that to limit the amount of people. Cinemas, I heard, for example, one or two of the cinemas are now only taking 50% of the bookings. Yeah. So when a big movie comes out, instead of booking every seat in the auditorium, they'll only book 50% of them to leave a little bit of space in between people. Yeah. 
and do you know what? The, the, it, without a shadow of a doubt, uh, the hospitality industry, uh, cinemas, entertainment industry, and all that—it's—it's it's going to be a tough time. It's going to be a tough time for all of us. Um, one suggestion I did see on Twitter, which I thought was good, is if that you're considering maybe buying some of pres- some of the present down the line, maybe a voucher or something like that for a restaurant or one of the businesses that really suffer uh, in the hospitality industry, which I thought was quite a good idea. It actually. is because because let's let's be honest; these are all citizens of our country too. We don't want to see people lose their jobs. We don't want to see play- businesses going to the wall. And this will be a knock-on effect, without a shadow of a doubt, of this particular virus, most likely. And I'm reading some of the articles in the New York Times and the Post and everything else about global recession and all those things are quite worrying because equally yeah. as well as a virus a global recession will cause ha- poverty hardship Look, and death as well I totally understand that and you are taking the practicalities on board and without a shadow of a doubt we're in for a tough time but I, I do know that a lot of people today in particular because you get this unprecedented uh, speech from the Taoiseach it's obviously going to you know set a bit of panic uh, out there and calm heads, that's all I would say. And let's not catastrophize. let's take it day by yeah, day. Absolutely. And listen to the experts. Okay, okay, well look, we are uh, you're doing an extended Nile Boylan show today. If you've any texts or calls or any comments you want to make, we will play Leo Varadkar's speech for those who missed it uh, about 20 minutes ago or so. He did uh, speak live from Washington. He interrupted the schedule to address the nation. Um, and it is very important that we all listen to it and what he says. And he talks about, obviously, schools and colleges closing, cultural buildings are closing, um, all um, indoor events with over 100 people, all outdoor events with over five hundred people will be cancelled up until the end of March and as Simon Coveney and Tony Houlihan uh, are also going to be making a speech in a second and hopefully we're going to try and get that live too um, and maybe we might just hang on for that Helena if we can alright um, just to mention as well that public transport won't be affected he has already mentioned that public transport won't be affected and uh, also he's saying or he's appealing to people uh, to basically say that it's your responsibility as well as his and the government's you know, to take a very responsible approach to this particular virus and keep ourselves safe I'll tell you what we'll take a quick break we'll come back to you in a second and hopefully we will have that press uh, conference with uh, Tony Houlihan and Simon Coveney Our crashes, our universities and our cultural institutions will disrupt everyday connectivity, a connectivity that makes us who we are. The days and weeks ahead will be difficult, and the government cannot succeed on its own. As the Taoiseach has said, the coronavirus has no cure, no vaccine, and we have no immunity. And so the most effective tool that we do have is to do everything that we can to slow down the spread of this virus. We're acting to protect the most vulnerable in our society. Those who are vulnerable are precious. And that is why the actions that we're announcing today are absolutely necessary and justified. COVID-19 will have a deep impact on people's ability to do their jobs, to go to work, And clearly, that will have a broad economic consequence. And so we are asking people to continue to work. Where possible employees and businesses who can work remotely should do so. Those who go to their places of work should limit their contacts, particularly face-to-face meetings. If you're showing symptoms, you should not delay. You should immediately self-isolate. At a most basic level, we need to continue to follow hand washing and hygiene advice. I know that everything that is being announced today is an awful lot to take in. I'm a father, a husband and a son too. 
and I understand the concerns that many households will have across the country. But we do need to respond with calm, with unity, with discipline and with resolve, collectively together. This is a phase that we have been planning for for some time. These are the right measures at the right time based on best public health advice, not only in Ireland, but in the European Union too. We need to support each other. We need to support our healthcare workers. We need to follow the advice of our healthcare professionals. If we follow these steps, Ireland will get through this in time and we will protect lives, many of them, if people act together and take the advice that they need to. So I'll hand over now to the Minister for Health to go through the um, decisions that we're outlining today in some more detail. Uh, thank you, Donish, and good morning. We've made it clear that we will always take the right measures at the right time and for the right length of time. Now, this morning, is that time. Today, we have moved to the delay phase of COVID-19. Late last night, our National Public Health Emergency Team met in the Department of Health to consider new guidance from the European Centre for Disease Prevention and Control and the increase in cases and emerging evidence of community transmission here in our own country. We have always said that we will never act in the interests of political expediency, but that we would listen to our public health experts and act on their advice and all of their advice. The protective measures that we are taking today are carefully considered, are proportionate and are based solely on protecting and safeguarding public health. Our focus is on striking a balance, a balance between these essential protective measures with maintaining as many day-to-day -day activities as we possibly can. However, our emergency team has now recommended that it is necessary to close all schools, all creches and all childcare facilities and higher level institutions from tomorrow. If you can work from home, we're recommending that you do so. It is necessary to ask all of us to reduce our social contacts as much as possible. And this is a role we can all play. We can all be empowered in slowing down the spread of this virus. I do apologise, we seem to be losing the feed there, but I'll try and get that back as soon as I can. Uh, unfortunately, everybody, I suppose, is trying to listen. But I think we get the general message from Simon Coveney and also Simon Harris, our Minister for Health, there talking about our, our role. I'm sorry, we have it back again. Thank you. Of all museums, galleries and tourism sites. And it's necessary to ask anyone with any symptoms of COVID-19 to self-isolate for 14 days. I know that older people and those with underlying health conditions are more vulnerable to this virus. Therefore, we're particularly asking them to reduce as much as possible their contacts outside their home. All of these measures will remain in place until the 29th of March and will be kept under constant review by our public health experts. At a time of crisis, we can often feel disempowered, but there are practical measures that we can take that will help save lives and slow down the spread of the virus. Every time I speak on this issue, I have to keep repeating that it remains absolutely essential to maintain 
hand hygiene, stop shaking hands, wash our hands correctly, and follow good advice when it comes to coughing and sneezing. We do not underestimate the challenge. All right, I think, I think we can uh, leave it there. I think we all understand the point he's going to go to next, which is very similar to what Leo was talking about again, and that's our own responsibility in the community as well as the steps the government has taken. We'll talk a little bit more about it in a sec. David, you're on Classic Kids. Hey, well, hang on, David, I'll just switch you over there. Hang on, I do apologise. How are you, Niall? How are you going? Sorry about that. We had to switch all our lines over there just to get the television feed, so I do apologise. No, you're all right, you're all right. All right, so David, I mean, is this the right thing to do? Is it, is it an overreaction, do you believe, or is it the right reaction? I think it's the right reaction. I, I genuinely do. I think you need to limit, like, the amount of people to be passing through schools and colleges and stuff like that is, is colossal. a lot. So, of yeah, course colossal, so. yeah. So, like, the, to limit the interaction between that many number of people is definitely the right reaction. I mean, when, yeah. when, you, when you take your average college, you've got 70,000 per year. You've also got schools which will have 70,000 per year, or, well, 70,000 children who will graduate every year. So you're, you're looking in the hundreds of thousands of people, young people, who are all interacting. Now, let's be clear, and I want to be one abundant, because I don't want parents panicking over their children. Your children are very unlikely to be very sick from this virus because children actually don't tend not to get it because they've good immune systems and they tend to fight it very well. But the problem is they do communicate it to others. Exactly, yeah, exactly. Do you know, like, and they bring it home and bring it towards grandparents or sick parents or anything like that, and it could, it could cause. Do you know what I mean? It could transfer and cause horrible things to happen within the family. But it, it's the right reaction. I think there's probably going to be stronger steps going to be coming into place. Like the likes of Intel, the construction site out there, there's thousands of people working out there. That's probably likely going to be shut down as well. If they're on about mass gathering, you, 500 you, people. Yeah, I suppose when you talk about big, big factories or big employers, they would have large amounts of people working in one place. But I, I think when you have a large factory, people do have distance between them. But when you have a, a mass gathering, say, at a concert, in a venue, you've no distance between people. And I, no, think, yeah. I, I think that's the problem. I don't think they're referring specifically to, say, workplaces that will have over 100 people. Yeah, so the new rules are that any indoor events with over 100 people or outdoor events with over 500 should be cancelled. Yeah. Is, is, yeah. That, is that an overreaction? No? No, definitely not. I don't think so, anyway. I, okay. I genuinely don't. All right. Well, listen, thank you, David, and thanks for taking our call today. All right. Uh, anybody who wants to give us a call, you can. The number is 087-188-0008. So from 6 p.m. today, the following measures are being put in place, and they will stay in place until the 29th of March. Schools, colleges, and childcare facilities will close from tomorrow, where possible teaching will be done online or remotely. Cultural institutions will close as well. Our advice is that all indoor mass gatherings of more than 100 people and outdoor mass gatherings of more than 500 people should be cancelled. Arrangements are being made to ensure that everyone entering Ireland through airports and airports is fully informed and self-isolates if they develop symptoms. You should continue to go to work if you can, but where possible you should work from home. And in order to reduce unnecessary face-to-face interaction in the workplace, break times and working times should be staggered and meetings done remotely or by phone. Public transport will continue to operate. The shops will remain open and we have plans to ensure that supply chains will not be interrupted. We need public and businesses to take a sensible, level-headed and responsible approach during this difficult time. And it is going to be a difficult time. I want to get your reaction. I have so many questions from so many people and I would love to have an answer for every single one of you. And we will endeavour before the end of the show to try and get some answers. Like, for example, my school has a confirmation tomorrow. Over 400 people will attend. Will it go ahead? The answer to that question currently at the moment, I don't know. 
Um, this is all the year. I'm assuming from what he said, it uh, will be an indoor event with over 100 people. It won't go ahead. I can only assume that, but that is something you will need to check uh, with your local church and your local school to find out if that's going ahead. It is going to be a very difficult time. Um, I'm thinking specifically of children who are doing their leaving cert and their junior cert because this is an unprecedented time. It is in Irish, currently in Irish legislation, by the way, because somebody asked, well, they have to make up the two weeks. You know, normally if they give kids time off for the weather, they have to kind of make it up during the summer by coming back a bit early. They don't have to because there is legislation within Irish law which is very rarely ever used, that um, it's used, it was used specifically if the flu virus uh, went over a certain amount of people, if so many people had died or got the flu virus, which hasn't happened in more than 50 years, I believe, uh, the schools have legislation whereby they can close for two weeks without having to make it up again. Uh, but at the moment, it's only two weeks, but this could be extended. And most likely, if we see more deaths and we see more people getting the coronavirus and if it spirals out of control which they predicted may um, we may see that being extended let me go to Graeme who is a school teacher Graeme, uh, very worrying times uh, the right step taken by the government, what do you think? Uh, well I suppose the oh, afternoon um, as a lay person I'm probably you know, an expert in it but um, of course the advice we've been given by people who know then yes mm-hmm because children, I suppose, although they're not vulnerable in this particular case, I mean, because children, carry react, they carry it, yes. And they've got parents and they've got grandparents and they're a part of the wider community and they play yeah. together and children more so than adults play together and interact together and touch each other. And are quite. less likely to be able to obey the kind of new rules in relation to social interaction and stuff like that. Absolutely. They, want, they don't wash their hands as much as they're supposed to. We all know yeah. that. And they're sticking yeah. their fingers in their mouth and all sorts of carry on. So, yeah. So, from that point of view, this is important. Colleges as well. I suppose there's a lot of interaction in colleges, thousands of people coming and going. This is going to be hugely... It's going to have a huge effect, by the way, on students, particularly, I'm thinking, of junior cert and leaving cert. Um, it will. Like, potentially, you're talking... Um, Practicals, orals, orals, things like that, um, happen to be postponed and pushed for pushed into a later year, most likely after the Easter holidays. And that's um, that's provided this does end uh, at the end of March, um, but we don't know uh, that. That's the preliminary date. They could make a further yeah. announcement in two weeks' time to say, "Listen, given how close it is to the Easter holidays, yeah." Uh, rumors and all that kind of stuff, which are obviously just rumors and all that kind of stuff, but I think people are saying it seems to be that there's a good chance that it'll be pushed into the Easter holidays, which is, you're talking about four and a bit weeks, and, I guess, because two weeks off. But, but if we're looking forward in time at the way this is accelerated around the world, um, could, you know, invariably it could be pushed forward till September even. I mean, so, I mean, and I understand... Well, we haven't got a precedent for that No, yet. no, 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 and we haven't it's got a precedent. Yeah, but possible. it is absolutely. But yeah, but and I understand how everybody feels about that, and particularly for young people doing their exams, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But I think you know, as a community and as a country, we have a duty to protect as many people as possible. Yeah. And if that means that some people are going to lose a year out of their education, so be it. That's going to have to be the case if indeed it comes to that. Now look, big proponents of education, unsurprisingly, yeah. uh, life and health is more important. Yes, and, and, there's, I, and there's and there's no argument to the contrary of it. I mean, in your school, I mean, what age group are you teaching, by the way, Graeme? Secondary school. Okay. So I'm talking 12 to 18-ish. Okay, so the the 12 to 18-year-olds, are they having conversations about COVID-19? Are they they talking about it? Do they seem worried about it? Um, Overly worried. I haven't seen too much stress and worry about it. Um, Have I sat in class and had conversations with students? But yeah, of course I have. Yeah. 
Um, no, again, prefacing every conversation by, you know, check with the HSE kind of thing. I'm not an expert in this, but, uh, and obviously we've been, uh, as um, staff, we've been given advice and there's been different circulars and letters up in the department through the HSE about, you know, what we should say to students and that kind of stuff. Um, and do you think people are informed? Um, largely speaking, yes. Are there some silly rumours going around where someone says yeah. if you drink enough water, it helps you or something, which is complete nonsense. Um, yes, I'm sure they are, but look, that's the nature of people. Right, so I've seen somebody, you know, last, somebody said last night, if you drink, take two vitamin C tablets a day, you won't get it, which is complete nonsense. But mind, <laughs> mind you, can I do point out that obviously vitamin C helps your immune system. And, exactly. And if you do get thing. it, it'll help fight it, yes. Yeah, exactly. No, even whether you have it or not, taking that is not a bad thing. Yeah. The two things have no direct correlation. Yeah, the, the, the other one about the water, actually, I had heard that this morning because I was speaking to Lean about it, that if somebody, I heard some guy saying, or a doctor saying that if you drank uh, water every 15 minutes, it, not, not that it prevented, but certainly reduced your risk. Yeah. Um, I, I, imagine do, more I don't know how true that is. I don't, I don't think there's any truth in that at all. There is, there is, I would imagine that was more a guy saying it than a doctor saying it. But mind you, again, there's no harm in drinking a lot of water. So, I mean, it's good for your system anyway, and it's good yeah, you know, for your health. Eat your broccoli too, but it's not going to have anything to do with this. Yeah. All right. Well, well, okay. Listen, thank you very much indeed, Graham, who is a school teacher, and obviously it will be directly affected by these measures. And you're on Classic Kids. How are you doing, Anne? Hello. How are you? Good. And um, you're saying it's hard to get information? It's ha- I find it hard to get information from the HSE. I have plumbery fibrosis. Okay. So, um, I'm. Terrified. Are you on oxygen at the moment? Uh, no, I'm on inhalers and I'm on a very strong tablet. Okay, can I ask your age, Anne? Will that um, be... I'm 60, I'll be 65 in August. You're only a young one. I know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so obviously you're considered because you are vulnerable, obviously because you yeah, have you already have I, problems. It's very nerve-wracking, Niall. It's yeah. very, very nerve-wracking. It actually... You'll get times of the day that you would just burst out crying. Yeah. Thinking, like, is this the way I'm going to go? I oh, know, don't be getting upset about it, Anne. You know. Don't, no, 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 hold on for a second. Don't be getting upset. Most people, and, and it's really important, I think, that people listen to that one line that, you know, the majority of people, the vast majority, only a very small percentage of people um, will end up in a serious situation. And even those who are vulnerable, by the way, um, don't end up in a, a serious situation. It's only the small amount of people, a small minority of people. So I think it's very important that you remember that answer. Don't be getting yourself all worked up and upset about it. Because know, there's nothing you can do to change anything. To get the information. It's trying, like, if an attack comes on, um, who do you ring? The, mm-hmm. the, the phones are chock-a-block. Yeah. You know, um, Because everybody's trying not, to ring at the same time. It's fault. It's nobody's fault, really, but um, you you panic and you say, "Well, well, you know, what do I do?" And are you taking all the obvious steps? Are you are you are you, do, are you living on are you, are you living on your own? Or are you? I no, I have a, my husband with me. Okay, all right. So, and he's looking after you. I hope as well and helping you too. Oh uh, yeah, of course. Right. Yeah. Okay. But, so, um, so washing I'm your hands, keeping the in. countertops clean, and if you do have visitors. That that's the that's the, this is the danger, okay, for people, particularly those who are older, those who are vulnerable. It's not what you're doing because you can take all the steps in the world. But if you've got visitors or friends coming over or daughters and sons who you know, um, which you, I'm going to have to stop, I think, for uh, for a while and anyway, just. Uh, I think they would understand. Yeah, and just go uh, speak on the phone. 
Yeah, I think I that's the I mean, way out. I mean, if you want to isolate yourself to some extent temporarily, that's probably not the worst thing in the world to happen to you. But as long as you make sure that you have your provisions and then somebody's looking after you and that, you know, you know, you can nip down to the shop if you want to, I suppose, you know, or whatever to get what you need. Well, it, we we actually did go to the shops yesterday. Yeah. And we went very early, but we we said we'd go early because there'd be less people there. And there was more people there at a quarter to nine than there was at the usual time, half ten, eleven o'clock. Because everybody and had the same idea as you did. Probably. Everybody had the same idea. <laughs> but and I think I think what's important for you, Anne, what, now, yeah, what? nothing. I know people are, and, and this is everybody's saying this is the wrong thing to do. There's no need to panic by the shops are not going to close, and we have plenty of stocks, you know, in in, in well, the ports. Well, I tell you, you know, if if the shops close, um, they won't. From where I'm sitting, um, from my opinion, that would be um, um, a little thing to me. Yeah, but um, I mean, well, all I mean, I'm look, about in Italy they've closed shops, right? But they haven't closed supermarkets. They haven't closed food stores. Yeah. They've only closed things like electronic shops, things that are unnecessary. So the things that you don't need, but that where, where you need food and you need to get your, your bottled water, whatever it is you want to get, those shops are all still open and they're in the worst case scenario. So I don't think you need to worry about shops closing. Well, so people need to stop panicking. My, my point there is. I'm not worried about shops opening or anything like that. And I think what the the schools and the colleges, yes, I think it's the right thing to do is close them down. Yeah. And I also think people shouldn't be allowed into the country. I think all travelling should be stopped until we get ourselves together and get um, the way... And, and I, I'm not going yet. to disagree with you, but the problem is, um, we don't know how long this is going to last. This exactly. could last three months, it could last six months, this, ten months. There is people going to survive out of this. But you have to think of also the people that won't survive. Mm-hmm. Yes, I Think of those. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and sadly, and sadly many won't stopping, survive. Stopping different things, uh, children going out to play football and things like that. Um, you know, that can that can help the people, the likes of me. That's what I'm talking. Maybe I sound selfish. I don't know, but the likes of me, and there's an awful lot of people like me, and which are older and wouldn't be would be sicker than me. That you have to think of them, and if it's to be closed, close them. And just even if we had to cut back on our food, we'll cut back on our food. So what you're saying to is the people who feel a little bit discommoded by these measures today, that they yeah. should not think of themselves, but think exactly. of people like yourself who are in a vulnerable situation and yeah. other people who are more vulnerable than you as well, more yeah. older and people. And as, as, as you said earlier on, children, the school teacher said there earlier on, children... They don't, ha- they don't wash their hands enough. No. Because I hear my son saying, do you wash your hands? Did you wash your hands? Yeah. And this was before this virus ever came about. I know. They don't. They don't. Well, that's because children they, just don't you know, listen. They're only children. Yeah. They don't understand. They want to kiss and hug their nana and their granddad and what have you. But you, they, you don't know who they're at the beam with. And yes, and, and, and unwittingly they can pass it on. Way. Yeah, they don't even know they have it, for God's sake. So, I mean, yeah. they could close the door of a shop that's not prom- 
properly cleaned. Yeah. And, I mean, you know, there's only so much cleaning one can do. You know? Yeah. And no, I'd agree. And the thing about it is, you know, people have to think of the likes of the people that have OC, the DOPC, and what I have. Yeah, and there's, there's people out there with emphysema and all sorts of and other also, pulmonary diseases, yeah. yes. And I'm sure there's an awful lot of sick people. An uh, awful lot of sick people. Really sick. You know, right. and if people left it, the phone lines, you know, not as, don't get on the phone as much as if they just kind of have a sneeze or, you know, yep. leave it open to the people that need it. Yeah. that really, really need an ambulance to come to the house and take them and put them into intensive care. Okay, so be, so you want everybody to be conscious of those who needed more than yeah. others. Yes. I know I completely agree with you. And it's a, and it's a very I'm, sensible thing. I'm sorry to the nation if I sound very selfish. But no, no, you don't sound is, selfish because what you're very, saying very makes very huge sense. I know we all have to die from something. But, you know... This is not this is not the way we plan to go. No. 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 And, and and I completely agree with you that the majority of us who would be I suppose between the age of 0 and 50 are not really at risk. So, yes. you know, these measures are more so to protect those who are unwell and those who are over that age. Yeah. Yeah. That's, so that's all I'm, I mean, when the news comes up, um you know, I listen to the news on the air every hour. And the radio just goes up full blast. Mm. And I, what they're saying, it just goes over in my head because I just keep thinking of, are they going to tell us something that, a miracle, but it's not going to happen, Niall. Well, I think I don't, don't dispel that too quickly because as, as we speak, there's three different vaccines which are in production. I think one is already a clinical stage or testing. So they expect to have those or at least one of those vaccines within the next nine months. Now, that's good news for everybody. It, unfortunately, it's not quick enough because God only knows how many people could pass away in nine months, right? The other thing is that they're hoping to have medication which would relieve us of the symptoms um, and they're hoping to have that maybe as soon as six months. That's what I have heard. So again, you know, that's, that's a little bit of a, I suppose, an olive branch and a little bit of hope in the future. Yeah, but the, the, I leave you on this note that if 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 there was a number for the likes of people like me that do get it badly and need to go to hospital or need somebody out, there is the, the phones are chock-a-block. I can't emphasize that enough. I've heard of people being on the phone for an hour and a half waiting for just someone to speak to them. And, 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 and let's be clear, we're not blaming the HSE for no, that because we're, no, we understand no, how difficult no, it is for them too. Because yeah. People that, as you said, under 50s, they have a better chance than the likes of me. Yes, of course. And my age. And, and your underlying problem as well. Yes. So, yeah. yeah. You know, All right, so well, I, I, please, the people out there, please think before you pick up the phone that okay. there is people that do need to get in touch more so than you. All right, look, that's very well said, Anne, and I appreciate you coming on the air today. Yeah, and I'm, and, and, and I'm, I'm sorry if I feel sound selfish, but I... No, really you, don't, you don't sound selfish at all. 
Okay. No, you I don't. You. Thanks, Niall. And all right, and I wish you time. well, all right? Thank you. Bye all right, bye. see you. Bye. Let me go to Joe as well. Joe, you're on Classic Kids. How you doing, Joe? Hi, how's it going? Joe, you're a worker. You're, I suppose you're on the front line, really. You're a worker in healthcare. I'm getting ready for lockdown, yeah. All right, and yeah, because it, well, it looks certainly looks like that. I mean, these measures yeah. that have been brought in by the government today, you know, uh, we're not in lockdown situation yet, but certainly they are tough measures uh, for a lot of people. It's going to cause a lot of people to be discommoded. But in saying that, do you believe it's necessary? I believe it's necessary, and I think it's important that we are healthy as healthcare workers going in there. So we should be provided with the hand sanitizer for the cars, you know, going for appointments with clients. Mm-hmm. I work with clients that have intellectual and profound disabilities. They're adults. And they would have important hospital appointments that they would have to go to within the next couple of months. And, okay, like the hospitals provide sanitizer and all the rest, but it's, it's outside of the hospital. When you're going back to the car park and you're pressing buttons on, on, you know, to pay for your parking, you're assisting people down the stairs or whatever, and they're using the handrails outside, you know. For instance, St. Vincent's Hospital, there's steps down to the car park and there's a rail. A metal and rail, that, yeah. That doesn't get sanitised. So basically, we could clean our hands in the hospital, walk out, and as we're going from the hospital to the car, it's quite easy to pick it up. I was talking to my son yesterday who works in a large office building. Um, they're one of the big technology companies. And every 15 minutes, they're sanitising all the handrails on the stairs. Every 15 yeah. minutes. Because, of I course, this is the one thing, this is the one place, and this is the advice everybody's given, this is the one place that you are very likely to catch something like this, is from a, a metal handrail, or from, you know, when you're going up and down the escalator in a shopping centre and you hold on to that rubber rail, uh, again there. Because, so you can do all the hand washing you want, um, mm-hmm. but it's no, of no value to you if you put your hand on that and then put it up to your mouth. So the, 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 the warning is, if you do put your hand on a handrail, wash your hands again, use a hand sanitizer, clean your hands again. You can't clean them enough. That's that's the real warning, isn't it? But you're that's, right. I, I think the frontline workers need to be supported more, um, yeah. and you know need to be looked. Because I mean, you, you you wouldn't be long spending a lot of money on hand sanitizers if you can possibly get them. By the way, that's the but hard you can't part. Possibly get them. This is it. Yeah. They can't. They need to provide that for us for us to do our job properly. Yeah, because there's no point in you going in if you're a carrier or you exactly. have it, and you're, you're spreading it on to a lot of people who will be vulnerable. By the way, exactly. I've been in St. Vincent's Hospital twice this week. Hmm. Now, I don't know if I have the symptoms or anything. Do you know what I mean? I don't know if anything's going to become of it. I've been sanitising my hands and all the rest, but it was the outside areas I was concerned about. Mm-hmm. You know, my drive home from, from there to their house. And, you know, and I, these people, they do, like, have a lot of body fluids and stuff. And unknown to themselves, they're in, they have a few bad habits that they, they do. Yep. They're more liable to spread it than your average human being, is what I'm trying to say. Of course, yes. You know, I understand. Time bomb. A walking time bomb. Well, I think I think the problem with the healthcare system is, and we've seen that obviously from the stories that have come from Italy, is that yeah. it is you know if this continues the way it's going at the moment, it will be overrun. I mean, the whole idea of these steps is not that we can stop it because we can't stop it, but it is yeah. to slow it down or is to try and restrict it so as it comes in an even flow so the health service can actually deal with it properly. Yeah, and and that's the that's the big challenge uh, because their health service, as you know. Is already stretched, um, and you know I know they're now cancelling um, appointments and all sorts of things as well to try and obviously, you know, look after this as well as look after the day-to-day runnings of a hospital or a healthcare system. Um, and yeah. it's difficult to do everything, and uh, you know I like my heart goes out to the people involved and the people making decisions because no matter what they do, it's not going to work. It's not going to be the right thing. Do you understand? There's always going to be a problem. Yeah, that's the truth. 
I think if they're going to go go do a lockdown, what they need to be doing is sending out home kits to every household. Uh, what testing kits? Yeah. I, at the moment, I don't think that's possible. I think if it was, they would probably do it because the problem with the testing at the moment is it must be done in a laboratory. Uh, now, okay. they are hoping in the next two weeks to have a kit, a new kit. Currently, the testing takes 12 hours, uh, but they're hoping to have a new kit which will test in one hour that doesn't have to go to a laboratory. So if that happens, I think it's going to be a game changer, definitely. Yeah, yeah. All right, well, listen, thank Thank you very much indeed, Joe, and I appreciate you coming on the air today. Joe's on the front line, obviously, a healthcare worker, and she makes a very good point about, you know, well, if healthcare workers get sick, we're doomed, because they're the ones dealing with the vulnerable on a daily basis. Uh, Let me go to John. Uh, John, you're on Classic Hits. How are you doing, John? Hi, how are you, sir? Uh, John, I mean, how do you feel when you listen to Simon Coveney and Leo Varadka addressing the nation, interrupting his schedule live from Washington? Does it concern you? Well, number one, that... uh what happened this morning, like, should have been done here on the steps of, of the Dáil, not over in another country, right? He shouldn't have travelled in the first place, right? He should have stayed here and lead by example. None of the ministers or the teachers should have left this country, right? They should have stayed at home. Right? It does seem leave. a little bit hypocritical that they're telling us not to make unnecessary travel yeah. and yet they go yeah. and deliver shamrock. You, you get the argument in from the politicians uh, that it's all about investment and you must sell Ireland and all that. But at this precise time, it, this is not the thing to do. The Taoiseach should have been here, giving the statement here on government buildings, right? Now, uh, there's a few points here. That, now, the lady was on just at the rubbish start ever today. Uh, I, I'd like to send best wishes and reassure her. She's not been selfish. She's this is Anne that was on earlier on. Yeah, Lovely yeah. woman, she, yes. She's I wish well, frightened yeah. like the rest of us out yeah, here. of course That's she's all. frightened. And we're all frightened at this stage because, as she said, look, we are, no, we're not going to live forever. Like, but at the same time, we'd like to hang around another bit. And she's just frightened and worried. And like many more of us, tens of thousands out now. Now, this morning... The minute I knew it, the minute the, it came out in all the stations that the teacher was going to make an announcement, everyone knew that was going to be pretty serious, right? And I got phone calls from my room to say, hey, then, was to my two local supermarkets. You can't get in the door. It's the same on all the and I guarantee you, you get calls from around Dublin and the rest of the country now, right? The panic buying has started. People have trolleys now that you wouldn't see. I had to leave the okay, Well, well okay, then we, can we put this out? For, you know, I mean, I, I'm not that we make a huge difference around the country, but I mean, if every radio station and every television station put this out, people need to stop doing this. It's not going to make any difference. No, and what they need to do now, they need to imply extra security there, right? Mm. And inside and outside, right? Because but the shops are not going to close. I mean, you know, look at the worst case scenario. Italy is the worst case scenario currently at yeah. the moment, right? Yeah. They're on absolute lockdown. Even public transport has been scaled right back. You're not yeah. allowed to leave the country or come into the country. They've closed all the shops today, right? Or yesterday they closed all the shops. But they still left open supermarkets, places where you buy food, uh, yeah. pharmacies where you get necessary medication. All that stuff is still available. There's there's no need to panic by. No, there's not, because you, you can't close down every shop that sells no. food. No! Our pharmacies, right? Because like, people just stay after this or they'll die without their medication, right? Of course, but they're not no. going, again, but, put it out, they're not going to close down the shops. No, Chief Medical they, Officer Dr. Tony Hulahan said there is no need at this point in time to start stockpiling your house with goods and food. You don't no, need to I, do it. It's unnecessary. I, I, I reckon, like, I mean, what should happen to stores? No need to uh, take responsibility here now, right? They need to get secured. They need to cure people outside at a distance, right? So many people only left into the store at the time because it's just highly unfair. And the men and women that work in the registers... I agree with you, yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, you're up 
haven't happened a person there, and you want to see the cutest man over here in Crockery. I mean, those folks from Fort Dibbles, I mean, they have families as well. They have mothers and fathers, they have husbands, they have wives, they have children. And it's highly unfair to be packing out the supermarkets. I mean, the amount of stuff in some of the trolleys now, you wouldn't see it on Christmas Eve. I know, I know. I know I've, I've already witnessed it. And I don't know what the obsession with toilet rolls is, by the way. Um, it's just bizarre, the obsession with toilet rolls. The points there, look, uh, the, the, the line of season is starting now in Cove now. And, and look, they're quite welcome and they bring business in, whatever. But there's one Jew in now next Tuesday now. And she, between the crew and, and, and uh, the passengers, there will be nearly 2,000 people. I reckon that should be, st- it, it, there should be message go to that ship no do not dock and cock unless it should be stopped at, at, at what's this point by the well I, I, I understand what you're saying and you know I know Donald Trump made the announcements last night to ban all uh, travellers from uh, Europe coming into the uh, United States of America with the exception of the United Kingdom which by the way includes Ireland uh, he is including Ireland in that he's only talking about mainland Europe right but in saying that, some people are saying that's a bit of a rash decision. You know, you can't really blame Europe for the coronavirus. And, but he is saying, obviously, that, and everybody knows that Italy dropped the ball, really, when it comes to this one, right? Yeah. But in saying that, I think, John, when you start to stop travel between countries, and, and I understand the point you're making, right? You can't put a shield around a country. You just can't. We live in a no, global village. Just be honest, I mean, it wasn't essential, no, like, I mean, like, Chelsea and should have been cancelled, right? But there was thousands of people who went from this country over and thousands of people travelled back, like, it's absolutely ridiculous. People were still coming from parts of Italy, school trips and people travelling and there wasn't even... Uh, and, and, I, and, and I am completely in agreement with you that we should look at, when we're talking about people coming to a country from affected areas, I still have no understanding, and I know Simon Harris said we have to take the right measures at the right time, but why we allowed people to come from Italy uh, two week, or last weekend, I think that was the biz- most bizarre thing that we ever did. I, I believe we should have stepped in just before that. Yeah, so that might have slowed it. I'm not going to say, by the way, that we could have stopped it. We couldn't have stopped it, but no, it certainly might have slowed I, it down. I'll just get one more point in. One more point, John. I have to go you, to a break. You, you, you often dealt with it here about the, the, the miserable pay and the conditions in the army and the navy, right? The army you know been told no to hear the civil cause. They are no on higher left. They are on standby. They are kids and all already, okay, to go. These are the same army you now where the wives of the army and the navy people had to march, if you remember now. Yes, just to get more pay. And I know, look, they are, obviously, it is their job, civil defence as well. It is their job to get out there. They did it during the bin strike. They did it during the foot and mouth as well. And it is their job at times of like this to get out there and help and aid the general public. Listen, John, I have to go to a break. By the way, just to mention as well, we will, of course, uh, be parting again as soon as possible. But we we now will have to cancel our classic hits, uh, the big party in the voodoo rooms on March the 27th. For those of you who have got tickets for it, we will be ca- postponing that. We're not cancelling it. We're just postponing it. So we will uh, let you know uh, when the new date will be, of course, as soon as we get those dates or those dates are available to us. All right. Uh, Donald, you're on Classic Hits. How are you doing, Donald? How are you doing, Niall? Um, Donald, your concern is about Cheltenham. Now, there's over 10,000 Irish people, as we speak, yes. in Cheltenham. Yes. And and what's your concern? My concern is simple, Niall. Why are particularly our government and all European governments, they're looking at the economic effect of this before the, the health effect? And, and it's like, it's, you know, it's like... Sorry, you're, you're, you're breaking up a little bit there, Donald. And Dan Eilish is playing in the north. They're looking at the economic effect and not the health effect of this. No, I don't. No, I don't think they are because if we were well, looking okay. at the economic effect, we wouldn't be making bringing in the measures we're bringing in at the moment. But, but why not do it last week? Why not do it? Oh, no, no, I agree with you. And but Simon Harris's line was: "There's a time 
uh, right time to do the right things. Okay, and, I, and I understand what he's saying, because if you turned around two weeks ago or three weeks ago yeah. and, you know, did what we're doing now, which is closing schools and colleges and everything else, you know, people are going to start saying, well, hold on, we've done this enough, this self-isolation business. Ash, we're bored of this. So you don't want to inconvenience people too much for too well, long. They, but, but or they start to disrespect us. Well, this is it now. You're saying the word inconvenience. It's time to stop using words like that. The, the European Union are giving Trump a hard time at the moment because he's cancelled all flights, because he's protecting his own country. That's why he's getting a hard time. And we don't have anyone to protect our country. Well, we do. I mean, what about the announcements today? Do you, right. not, do you not believe that's protecting your country? It is, but it's too, it's too, it's too late. It should have been. Why, is, why can we not get a minister who's going to stand up and say, listen... We have well, when you're saying, Donald, when you're saying it's too late, we've had 43 cases in this country uh, yes. up, up to now, right? Um, yes. In America, they've already had uh, 30 or 40 deaths, and they have many more cases yeah, than we have. I'm lo- I know the 380 million people versus 5 million. Yeah. I, un- I understand yeah. that. But what I'm saying to you is, you know, I think the timing of it is right. Yes, I would have looked at the Italian flights last week. That is something I believe we should have looked at. But, what, in, but, but in relation to everything else... I think the actions were taken are probably proportionate. But, but now you have to look at why. Why didn't they stop the Italian I fight? don't know. Because, because Europe said no. That's why, Niall. We have to do what Europe said. We don't have a government that's looking after just the Irish people. Well, well, hold on. Europe haven't done this. England haven't done this. We've done this. No. We, well, well, hang on, hang on a second. Yes. We've decided today to close yes. schools, cultural buildings, public buildings, public gatherings, yes. all this. Yes. Europe are not doing that. We've done this today. And yes. we're... And I, so in saying that, when you say, if you're trying to suggest that we are not allowed to do anything without Europe's permission, I don't no, agree with you. I'm happy that they've done this today. They should have done it. That's my point is they should have done it a long time ago. And my, it is true that we don't do things without Europe's permission. It is true. Because they didn't cancel the 3,000. How many people brought it? Every person that has this virus in Ireland that said is due to travel. So I guarantee... Well, m- most, so, well some are community cases, but most yeah. of the cases, yes, are yeah. connected in some way to somebody who came from Italy. So, yes, and, and, and the government could have stopped that. So it's, it, they could have stopped that, them people coming in for that rugby match. They could have said no, and they, it's their responsibility. So you believe if, if we had have cancelled all flights from Italy, as and from the day that we cancelled that rugby match, more or less, that's when we had a good indication where we had our first case, so to speak, you, yes. be, you believe that would have made a big difference? It would have made a vast difference, just like Trump cancelled all flights from China from day one. Okay, we'll stay, we'll stay there. Let me go to Tess as well. Tess, you're on Classic Kids. How are you doing, Tess? Hi, Niall. How are you? Um, my only issue is, um, at the moment, that Leo's off in Washington making decisions to listen to um, American news. He should be here listening to what's going on in his own country. Kids are going on holidays from school anyway from tomorrow. All right? Well, no, I think some, uh, of the, well, some of the schools are not off to Tuesday, aren't they? Yeah. Well, most schools are finishing up tomorrow, first Monday and Tuesday off for the Paddy's weekend. Yeah. All right? Could I let the kids go in tomorrow? Get parents give a chance to get childcare arranged and made another decision on Tuesday going forward. You know, who's going to mind the kids tomorrow? Grandparents are going to mind the kids tomorrow. Yeah, that's, all the, that's all parents have at the moment. You make a good point because it is short notice. And Very yes. short notice. Who's the only people available at short notice? The grandparents, the people are trying to protect. Parents should mind their children. That's what you mind their children. You had the children and you should mind them. Everybody is going to suffer in this. We and, are and, going to suffer, but yeah, the yeah, everybody, he's off in Washington making decisions on Washington news and American news. He should be well, here on our own news. And, and I'm saying that parents should be responsible for their children. 
We I should be responding. We have a donor. I don't disagree with what Tess is saying. because She's not disagreeing with the fact that the glues, schools are closing, but it's the short notice. The short notice, that, I, that, that, yeah, I mean, Okay, so basically it's from tomorrow, Donald. So, you know, I mean, parents who are working, I mean, people have to go to work, Donald. You know, they, there's nothing they can do about it. You know, obviously we'll take steps to make sure we're in the workplace, we're extra careful, et cetera, et cetera. But people have to go to work. My whole job depends on tourism. I'll probably be have no work for the rest of this year. I, and I have to just put up with it. And rightly so. I should I be on the radio. Yeah but, yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah, but hang on, Donald. Just because your job is going to be badly affected. And by the way, my job will be badly affected. Yeah, Everybody's I, job. Because, for example, advertisers are going to be thinking twice about advertising, which they shouldn't, actually, because radio is probably the best media at the moment to be advertised on because everybody's going to be listening to it. But, but the yeah. point is, you know, everybody's job is going to be affected. Yes. Restaurants are being affected. Shops... Yes. They'll do well yeah, for a sh- in I, the short term, but in the long term, they won't. But I, I'm going to accept that and get on with it. But, but uh, the point she's making is, is that tomorrow, the reaction of most parents would be, I'll ring me mother, she'll look after the kids, I'll, we can sort something out for the week. Correct, Niall. So it's to Wednesday. Uh, and he's away in my Western moment. He's going to come well, back. I, I would, I would agree with you. He shouldn't be over there. There's no reason for him to be there. I think people are going to have to get into the situation with, and I hate to use the word, but they're going to have to suck it up and deal with reality. Okay, well, stay there. I've got to take a break. Donald, stay with me if you can. Let me go to Bernie. Bernie, you're on Classic Kids. How are you doing, Bernie? Hi, Niall. I, I do feel that this will get a lot worse for all of us before it gets any better. Mm. And we, I'm treating myself as if I've probably got it because for the last three weeks we've been walking around picking up, the, you know, doing your diesel, you know, tapping your card in Tesco's, you know, um, talking to people. I mean, my dad's funeral was on Monday and Tuesday. I hugged and kissed a lot oh, of people. I'm, I'm who came. Sorry, I didn't know your dad passed away. I'm sorry to hear that, Bernie. Yeah, he was. He died. Yeah. On, and uh, last week. And oh, my condolences like, to you and your family. Sorry about that. Thank you. No. He was wonderful. We just, you know, missed it. How old was he? Guy. How old he must have been? He was 88. Okay. And, uh, yeah. He um, had dementia for the last two and a half years. Okay. All right. Okay. He, he was, um, uh, he was, you know, he just died peacefully. Okay. But um, there was a lot, there was a lot of us and uh, some of us had to come from New Zealand. And but he, was a, he, was a, he was a good age and it's always good to go peacefully, isn't it? Yeah. And we were so proud of him and mm. he, he was an amazing dad. And, you know, as everyone in the world know, you know, everyone has a dad and a mum. We all yeah. feel bereft when they're gone. However, there were so many people turned up for the removals and the funeral, which we hugged and shook hands with on Monday and Tuesday. Um, and, you know, I, I just treat that we've all, you know, uh, you know, in a, everybody in the country at this stage must have met somebody somewhere that it, we inadvertently in, in didn't know was carrying it or had it or anything we use, like, you know, as I said, the simple thing like diesel, you know, put your hand on the rail, going down the stairs and one of the shopping centres or in, in a hotel or a bar, like we possibly could have all somewhere along the line. I'm not trying to be a panic merchant, but, you know, realistically, I'd say there's a lot more people have inadvertently been exposed. I think so. And I think there's a lot of things we do that we are habitual and we do unconsciously. Like they're telling us, say, for example, not to touch your face. Um, I do it all the time, completely. I'm here on the radio and I put my elbow on the seat and I have my hands up to my chin. Uh, so, And we do these things very unconsciously. When we're filling up our cars with diesel, you're right, we pick up the pump and we put it into our car. We don't give it a thought. We don't go in running into the bathroom and washing our hands straight away because somebody would... We, well, at the time, if we go back a couple of months ago, somebody would have thought we were mad if we were doing that. But now yeah. all that stuff makes sense that we need to do that. Yes, and it, and it is difficult to get out of an old mindset into a new mindset. Mindset, isn't it? But, but you know, if it's going to make a difference to our health and well-being, I'm going to do it. 
you know, you know, I mean, I saw people in bathrooms and, you know, they'd run out the toilet and could, you know, do God knows that they washed their hands and I wasn't checking. But from today, you know, we're all going to be cognizant and we will all take the, the ultimate, whatever we need to do to stop, to help with this, we'll do it from now on, from today, because the, the rules are there now. And uh, we have to look after each other. Like, you know, if somebody's sick or cough, you know, we have to step in and help them get their shop and drop to the door, you know, ring, ring people who are living on their own, try and, you know, listen, I'm going down such a place, I'll get you whatever you want. No, we, you know, we all have to step in and help each other. Young. I mean, and, and, and just to go back to as well, we're going to be talking a bit more later about, to Paul Murphy in relation to shops. I've just heard, for example, Tesco's, I'm not too sure which one it is, but they've had to pull down their shutters because the shop is full. Uh, and then somebody else just texted in here. Niall popped into uh, a shop uh, to buy some water, as I do every week. Walked straight back out the door. As the shop was packed. The shelves are simply uh, are empty. Four pallets of toilet paper sold out today. What the hell is going on? Well, I, 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 you see, people have heard... Are you panic two, buying? Are you buying up dried goods and toilet no, papers? No, all I bought and, was two chicken breasts today and a bag, bag of potatoes. Like, I didn't, I didn't yeah. go mad. And I thought, oh, like, yeah, and they need to stop. People need to stop doing this because there is... Let's say it one more time. There is no need to panic buy. It's unnecessary. Yeah, but you see, people, that's a natural instinct. It is, because it is. if they get, if they are self-isolating, this is what people are thinking, well, in case I get it, I better have stuff in. And I think that's where the, this is coming from. Whereas I'm trying to say is we should have, if somebody feels that they might be exposed or they're worried and they want to isolate themselves for, for the 14 days, then text someone like me or anybody else around who is still, you know, feels that they can do it. And we can get your shopping or we can help you or we can give you a tin of beans or whatever you need, you know. Yeah, well, but we're not even at that stage yet where, where, where we should be even worried about that. Bernie, listen, thank you. We've run out of time, but thank you very much indeed. So we said I tried to walk into a supermarket to buy a sandwich. Hundreds of people buying uh, absolutely ridiculous. They're all putting themselves in danger in this place. You're right. We're actually risking each other's lives by going into pack shops where there's loads of people. Take it easy. Just relax. All right. We'll talk a little bit more about that after the break. We we'll talk to Stella O'Malley, uh, by the way, or Stella O'Malley, who is a, a psychotherapist, about why people are feeling this need for panic and how we should talk to our children about it and not panic the lives out of them either. We want to get back to the panic buying a little bit later on and tell people to please stop. I know shops are reporting that uh, some of them have to close their shutters uh, and there is no need to panic buy. It's completely unnecessary. And I understand the psyche involved in that. But to give us a, more information on the, I suppose, the psychology psychology of that is Stella O'Malley, who is a psychotherapist and an author. Good afternoon to you, Stella. Hi there. Uh, Stella, there's two things we want to talk about. First, how we should talk to our children about this, which I think is very important. And we discussed this before in relation to climate change. But in relation to this particular situation currently we have at the moment, why are people, I mean, is it in, within the human psyche to kind of panic, I suppose? Well, it's, what's in the human psyche is the brain. And the brain is a problem-solving organ. And we seek the problem so that we can kind of practice what we will do in the situation. So we're kind of giving ourselves practice runs by thinking what's going to happen, what's going to happen. But as well as that, the brain kind of goes towards the dramatic. So we're kind of very interested in, let's say, the coronavirus, and we're not so interested in road safety or something like that, because we like the new problem because the brain is kind of attracted to checking out the new problem because it's never had to think of it And we've, we've noticed that in the media. There's a million other stories happening yeah. in the world, but nobody cares about them. We're, yeah. all, we're consumed by this story. Completely consumed. And once we become consumed, our brain is on it. It's a problem. It's a chess problem. And we're not letting it away until we've figured out what we're going to do. Now, the thing, up until today, we've been living with uncertainty and anxiety 
really, really thrives on uncertainty. It hates it. Anxious people hate uncertainty. And the fact that Lever has come out quite strongly today with his kind of kind of manifesto of what we should do, that will immediately calm us a little bit. The, the kind of heightened anxiety will have been last night. That will have been the worst of it. Because now it's kind of, okay, we're in lockdown. It's happened. And the studies show, weirdly enough, we can handle bad consequences better than we can handle uncertain consequences. And, so, I, and I understand that, yes, because uncertainty yeah. does create panic. But in, but in saying that, since he's made this announcement this morning, and we all knew there was something reasonably serious because he's doing it live from Washington and addressing the nation, um, we've, we've been hearing stories of shops, uh, supermarkets, people panic buying. Why, are, why do people do that when, yeah. when it's completely unnecessary? Because shops, it's even worst case scenario in Italy, they haven't closed food shops and pharmacies, etc. So why are people doing that? That's because of a physiological kind of response to stress. If your body fo- suddenly feels threatened, if, you fe- if your brain feels threatened, if you feel anxious, literally your brain goes to the fight or flight where literally your hands and your legs want to do something, anything, do something. And that's what your brain is telling you. You're feeling stressed, you're feeling anxious, and I just want to do something. And that's why somebody might start pacing or their hands might get clammy. And literally, even though it's as irrational as buying toilet paper, they feel they're doing something. That, ha- that has become quite irrational, the toilet paper thing. And, okay, and finally, finally, Stella, in relation to young people, this is what's important. Now, young people, thankfully, are not the most vulnerable in society when it comes to this particular virus, but unfortunately, they do tend to spread it. So, but how do we explain to young people why adults and why the news and why everybody's talking about this thing where they hear people are dying? How do, how do we explain that to young well, people? They, I think you can build huge self-awareness around this at the moment because we're, we're noticing how we respond to panic and stress and if you see one of your children kind of getting overwrought this is a real suggestion that they will get overwrought in times of panic and you can remind them of how they might have responded with the killer clowns or with the momo dolls or with other kind of panics that went through their lives as opposed to our grown-up lives and you can remind them these kind of things they've forgotten all about the momo doll actually i remember that story they take hold and by god they run and they will remember the Momo doll, and they will remember. And, you, you know, it's a very good opportunity for parents of anxious children to say, do you remember how that... And they could say, oh, I don't want to talk about that. I want to talk about this one. And it's like, no, this is all panic. Yeah. It, it doesn't matter what you're panicking about. It's just panic. And there's huge awareness they can learn around that. Okay, so reassuring them that they're all going to be okay. Mammy and Daddy are going to be okay. Everybody's going to be okay. Don't be worrying about well, it. Well, calm, vigilant. Yeah. You know, as long yeah. as you're washing your hands and you're keeping to the rules that the Taoiseach has given us, you should be okay. Yeah. That, that's what you tell them. And what age group are, I suppose, the ones that we need to give information to? I mean, what age group do you think a child... It's okay to talk to a child in some sort of rational way about this. Would you, would you say kind of 11 years of age? But uh, under I the would say the younger kids are inclined to panic a little bit more because the older they are, the more they kind of know a little bit about it. But it's the eight or nine who are just like, oh my God, there's a virus spreading around, killer virus. So they're the kids that I'd be particularly looking out for because the older kids can can learn themselves as such. So it's important that at a kind of age-appropriate way you say to the younger kids, listen, there's an awful lot of talk about this sickness. I don't think you're going to be impacted. We do have to wash our hands so that we don't spread it to other people. But actually, the country has a system. And all we have to do is follow the system and we should be okay. And what we need to be doing is being vigilant and watching how we handle anxiety. Some people handle it with anger. Some people handle it with irritability. Some people handle it by freezing. 
and just watch how you and let them kind of start having kind of curious conversations about oh yeah I can see how I handle it yeah. as opposed to because if you're because as a parent if you're handling it badly and you're yeah. making silly moves and doing silly stuff and panic buying in supermarkets well then your children are going to see you panicking and think why is mommy and daddy panicking maybe I should panic too and can I just say for the anxious parents out there don't inflict it on your children if at all possible if at all possible ask somebody else to talk about it yeah. because you've lost your rationality because yeah. anxiety spreads and it's such a horrible feeling to try not to spread it over to your children, if at all possible. Try all and get somebody else to talk about it. All right, well, listen, it's been great talking. Some great advice there for parents, how they, how they can talk to their children about this. Cello Mali is a psychotherapist and all. Thank you very much indeed. Thanks. OK, loads and loads of people texting in about what they should. I want to go to Paul Murphy, uh, Rise TD. Paul, good afternoon to you. Hi, you know, thank you. Paul, Paul, since the Taoiseach made this announcement this morning, and a very serious announcement, of course, for the nation, and, you know, we all have a great responsibility as a community ourselves, but this responsibility seems to be stretching a little bit too far this morning with stories of panic buying. I mean, and obviously you want to talk about that. Yeah, well, what we have an initiative today about is about price gouging, which is yeah. taking place, you know, massive rip-offs, huge price hikes and things like hand sanitizer, Face, face masks, masks, yeah. And to say that there's a very simple solution to this and the government should do it immediately, which is that they can introduce price controls under existing legislation. They can do it for six months. There's mm-hmm. no need for any passing of anything through the door. They can simply do what the French government has done, and they, they should do that immediately. So because we do, we do have price controls on certain items like bread and milk and all those kind of kind of things that are ne- necessary anyway. Well, well, what you currently have, actually, interestingly, is you have minimum price controls now, or they're certainly coming in in terms of alcohol, Yeah. Uh, if you know there's minimum pricing. So similarly, we can also have maximum pricing to say, for example, that for a small bottle of... Uh, hand sanitizer gel, they, they can't be charging more than two euros, as mm. in the case in France. Um, I did see a packet of face masks for 110 euro the other day online, so somebody is... Yeah, exactly, there was one for 150 euros even, like, so some really outrageous thing. Yeah, and online, I'm looking on Amazon online as well, 30 quid for a small bottle of hand sanitizer. I mean, wow. yeah, I mean, you can make your own, probably for a lot less, by the way, just to let people know there's instru- instructions online on how to make your own. Uh, but, Paul, I mean, in relation to this particular virus, do you believe that the government are handling it properly? Do you believe that we're doing everything that we possibly can? Obviously, we can't stop it, but certainly we could try and control the curve, so to speak. Are we doing everything we can? That's exactly yes. We, we need to try and slow down the spread of it so that our, unfortunately, underfunded and under-resourced healthcare system isn't completely... Um, we don't want that to collapse completely, yes. Collapse, exactly. Um, so I, I think what's announced today is good, in my opinion. The schools, the big gatherings, etc., all come into a, a close. I think that's that's just necessary. I know it's hugely disruptive for people's lives, mm-hmm. but we have to have social distancing and yeah. we have to have government measures to encourage social distancing. I, I think I, I would go further than that in terms of, like, in the main place that people gather, actually, on a daily basis is in workplaces. Yeah, well, we, think, we discussed this this morning in larger factories that might have four exactly. or 500 people uh, working, exactly. you know, at close quarters. That's, that's going to be concerning. And, of course, the, the advice is if you can work from home, but that's not always possible, is it? Exactly. So I think basically non-essential workplaces should be shut down. Mm-hmm. So where people can work from home, absolutely they should do that. But if people are involved in work that can't be done from home and that isn't essential, I think it, it is. They are just other mass gatherings in an indoor place, you know, which there is. So you're talking about the likes of technology of companies and people who aren't producing essential goods. It, exactly. Um, because or services. 
we just have to you know, limit the interaction between people at close quarters mm-hmm. to try and spread the slow down the spread. And that means also for people who are precarious workers, self-employed people, it means guaranteeing you know sick pay yeah. at the same rate that people have. Built their lives around their their. Well, I, well, I know they they have you know? said they they are bringing in emergency legislation next, which will will be retrospect, by the way, in relation to people taking time off sick if they feel they need to self isolate themselves or they feel they they obviously need to stay at home for whatever reason if they have children who are vulnerable or whatever it happens to be. In relation, by the way, to go- current government and where we stand now, uh, does it help the situation that we're in currently of uncertainty, political uncertainty as well? Does is that helping, or do you believe that's affecting the situation at all? Well, I mean, it's obviously not an ideal situation um but i think i mean i, I don't go i think they're working with, well together aren't they at the moment they seem to I mean, be i i don't go along with the idea that oh because of this crisis now yeah have to come back in together and form a government i think you, you have a caretaker government in place they should take the measures necessary and they should do so in full consultation with all the other parties in the doll and i think in fairness you know surely everybody would agree that you know public health has to come first. I think things have been slow, a bit slow in terms of that. I think there was a slowness in terms of St. Patrick's Day. I think there has been... Would you have cancelled the, the flights from Italy last week? Um, I mean, personally, yes, I would have. But I'm, again, I'm just yeah. going off of what, what I'm reading, experts yeah. and, and, and so on. I think that, you know, it, all the indication from Italy is that delay is going to cost lives. So Absolutely, it's, it's yeah. welcome that the government is now moving on it. Yeah. But I think, like, for example... You know, there's now people with schools shut down. There's huge numbers of people who who don't necessarily have the coronavirus, don't necessarily know anybody who knows they have the coronavirus, but who aren't going to be able to go into into work. That's that's simply the truth of it. Mm-hmm. And like so, the measures brought in last week and we passed by emergency legislation next week. Um, in terms of the illness benefit, that's a that's a step forward and that's an increase, but. Still, people wouldn't be getting the, the wages that they were previously on. Of course, on. yeah, people have to pay bills. And mind you, I can say that obviously some of the mortgage companies are announcing now that uh-huh. they are allowing three-month moratoriums for people who have mortgages. Now, you need to check with your own mortgage company in relation to that, but I would imagine most will follow suit. And I imagine most mortgage companies will be quite understanding under the circumstances if you want, once you communicate with them, obviously. Yeah, and, and I think we, we need something similar in terms of people renting, um, where, you know, you can have people who are... I don't know, people who are precarious contract in the hospitality industry who are going to go from having whatever income to almost nothing or just down to the illness benefit pretty much overnight mm-hmm. and who might not be able to afford their rent. And I think we definitely at this point in time, I mean, let's discuss other aspects of the housing crisis, but at the very least, let's have a moratorium on any evictions uh, now. And I think people who can't afford to be paying their rent need to be given a break um, exactly how you do that in terms of state support and so on. Let's 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 talk about it, but let's not have people being unable to to pay their rent and potentially forced out of their homes as a result of the crisis. Or you look at people in homeless hubs. We we we, we, we spoke to yesterday. We spoke to one group who helps the homeless, and they said they are the kind of forgotten in this story that that many people are being obviously forced into hostels or you know in temporary accommodation or exactly. even on the streets who are not getting the assistance and can't self isolate the way me and you maybe could. That, that, that's exactly it. I mean, the, the official advice is if you're if you're going encouraged to self isolate, you should make sure you're, you have an ensuite. Yeah. Most people, even people in no, their own houses, absolutely don't have ensuites to, to spend their time in. Never mind people in, in homeless hubs. Yeah. So I think we need to be looking at finding vacant accommodation, making it available. Okay. 
four people. All right, well, listen, Paul, it's been nice talking to you. And, and of course, the main thing that you wanted to make a point there is the government should be looking at legislation to control pricing in relation exactly. to those essential goods that we need and during this crisis. And we're, we're going to have a, an online petition circulating. It's on, the, on our Facebook page, Paul Murphy TV now, and Twitter and stuff. All right. People can sign us. All right. well, if you want to go to Paul Murphy's Twitter account, you can you can have a look and sign that particular petition. Listen, thank you very much indeed, Paul. Let me go to Paul Breen, by the way, um, who is at Tesco's today. Paul, you're on Classic Kids. How are you Paul? Well, good afternoon to you. How are you? Good, Paul. You were in Tesco's and they had to close the shop. Yeah, Tesco's Clare Hall. Uh, just as we went to get up, they were pulling down the shutters for entry and they were set, making announcements over the loudspeaker that Tesco's was shutting down due to health and safety reasons. And what, now, um, now, when you say shutting down, they were not just not allowing any more people in because there was too many people in there. Is that is that the point? That, that's what appears to be the case. Now, they weren't saying that. They were I don't want to give the impression themselves. they're closing down because they're not. Okay, so, no, yeah, yeah. They're, no, they're definitely not. They said they should. The security lads were saying they should be reopening within half an hour. Okay, but so, so it's probably going to be one in, one out situation, I imagine. I imagine. I'd, I'd imagine so. And the queues, it took 20 minutes to get out of the car park. And as I was coming out, the amount of traffic going in, I can only imagine what it's going to be like within the next half hour. Or so. and, and have you any understanding? Because I have no understanding of why. And it's happening not just, by the way, in Ireland. It's happening in the UK. It's happening in America. It's happening everywhere now where, obviously, we're talking a lot about COVID-19. Why people are panic buying? Because there's no reason to panic buy. Well, I think the, the reaction seems to be get what they can while they can get it just in case. It seems to be... Uh, but the, but the suggestion from the retailers out there and from everybody in, in the retail industry is that at no stage are we going to be short of food. But who's to say the shops aren't going to be shut down? They shut the schools down but they, today. But, so. but look at Italy as the worst case scenario, you know, when it, when it comes to this particular virus at the moment. And they clearly are the worst case scenario per head of population. Sure, even they still have their supermarkets and pharmacies open, even though they're on complete lockdown and all unnecessary shops are closed. Pharmacies and supermarkets still open and they have plenty of stocks of foods. There's no suggestion yeah. that, you know, boats are not going to be allowed into harbours, that the farmers are going to stop working and not producing, you know, vegetables and meat anymore or whatever. That, that, that life goes on for those people. Well, I agree. Well, having just been going in to get a packet of cigarettes myself now, I, I'm, I'm not part of the panic buying population, but um, that, that's the same what I've seen there. At yeah, there, that's bizarre, isn't it? It's behaviour, it behavior, you know what I mean? It is. That's, it's, it's crazy. And the shops, even the surrounding shops, are absolutely crazy. I'm not going to mention any of them, but the ones in the outlet in particular, the shelves are empty. Yeah, well, there's a pharmacy in there in that little shopping centre as well. And there's a, the, yeah. So I, yeah, I, there's a pharmacy and everything. So, and then on the outlets, they've got uh, the cheaper shops and all the toilet rolls were gone, all hand sanitizers, anything, most cleaning equipment was gone. And then the butchers was absolutely packed out with people buying meat. All right, well, listen, Paul, thank you very much indeed. And no thanks problem. for being thanks, the eyes and ears to the radio station as well. Listen, let me go to Robbie Kane, our reporter, who's actually at Lidl at the moment. Uh, uh, Robbie, you're on Classic Kids. Of course, of course you are. You know you are, because you work here. <laughs> Robbie, good afternoon to you. Good afternoon, all, yes. And this pandemonium that's happening today, of course, that was you reporting there. Paul Bream was in Tesco uh, over in Clare Hall. Would you believe it's kind of getting a bit kind of manic here at the moment because people are looking for milk. There's no milk left at all. It's all gone. Even the low-fat milk is gone. The this, is, this, is in, this is in Lidl that you're talking about here at the moment. Little in Port Martin again. Yeah. There's no milk whatsoever there. And the, the toilet paper had just been wheeled out. And that was the main kind of pull for people to get the What's the obsession paper? with toilet I don't... I'm looking at it online all over the world. Yeah. This obsession. It's almost turned a bit jokey. This obsession with toilet paper. I don't know where it's coming from, Noel. I mean, what's do, the do people believe we're going to be going to the toilet more or something? <laughs> I, I, I don't mean to laugh at it, but I, but I think it's quite bizarre. Now, in relation Very to the bizarre. panic buying... 
I, I, I don't guess the panic buying and why people are doing it. I mean, I understand all the, the suggestions of washing hands and doing all those kind of things, but there's nowhere in the list of the rules and regulations that says get out to the shop and buy as much as you can in the shortest period of time. And absolutely, as you stated earlier on, the shops are going to remain open. They're not going to close. Like no. Even in Italy at the moment, they're going to open too to get people to, to buy their goods that they need. I think people are afraid that if they have to buy their stuff now or they want to get the stuff now, they can stay into their house isolated for three or four weeks. So that's the kind of procedure. So I think they're worrying to get all the stuff in now so they don't have to go out when people are actually, you know, going to be really affected by this, this, this disease. Yeah, but, yeah, but look at the, the risks. But, yeah, but look at the risks they're taking because what they're essentially doing is... is kind of contradictory uh, and quite against what we're being told so there's too many people in one place because everybody's doing it at the same time Absolutely, and they're saying the HSC is going to give guidelines and details of what to do, and people are going completely against that. I mean, as soon as the Taoiseach done his uh, statement from America this morning, that was the start of it. As you know, Tesco uh, was letting one person in, one person out. Dunn stores, I believe, people are talking about Dunn stores is doing the exact same thing. So a panic buying is actually kicking in since, obviously, the last few days, but today after the Taoiseach statement, it's actually kind of gone overboard to the point. And as I mentioned, the toilet paper is here, there's the stacks of it here, so people all around getting that. The pasta is gone, there's no milk whatsoever here at the moment. Yeah, so dried goods seem anyway. to be the thing people are looking for. Yeah, dried yeah, goods, yeah. Exactly, but, but you know yourself, milk only lasts for a few days, so I don't know what the panic is, uh, is over that. But yeah. I mean, like, it's just crazy. I mean, yeah, the cows are not going to stop producing milk tomorrow. I mean, uh, that, that's not, I don't, don't get it, you know. Uh, absolutely, you hit the nail on the head there. And, and you know what, the, the, the problem with it is, Robbie, and I don't want to be bad about this, but there's a bit of a selfishness about this, because you've got young people who can get out, younger people, I'm not saying yeah. young, but younger people who can get out and panic buy and go into shops and you've got elderly people or people who are a little bit more vulnerable who can't get out because they don't want to go into a busy shop like that and they're left with nothing. So I, I think there's a bit of selfishness. So if you are going to do your panic buying, uh, I shouldn't do it as you should, you know, think of other people too and maybe if there's a little woman or a man next door to you elderly who can't get out, buy them some stuff too. I think that's a great thing to kind of suggest and to, to portray actually in oil. Yeah, look after the old people who can't get out of the houses at the moment to try and get the essentials. I mean, the panic point is a bit over the top at the moment. We've all said it behind the scenes. It is crazy. The toilet roll is still, it's mad to kind of see everyone just going for the toilet roll, especially after being real out here today. So people need to kind of take a breather. It's, what, what we're all going through is this panic to, well, not really a panic, this situation together. So we all have to keep our heads above water and not bloody drown in it. Yeah, all right. Listen, thank you very much indeed. Robbie Kaler, reporter who's actually in Lidl as we speak in Port Marnock. And a lot of people, by the way, texting in about different shops that are absolutely packed and people are panic buying. And uh, somebody says, now the preppers and survivalists are loving this. Well, they, you know, we spoke to a survivalist about three weeks ago. No, more. No, no, it's actually about two months ago on the air. And I'll be honest with you, we were having a laugh because he was prepping for doomsday, so to speak, you know, now, not in a mad way, but he was buying, he had enough dried goods and beans and all that kind of stuff for three months for his family. And we were kind of laughing at him. Um, when, I, when I think about it now, we were kind of, not, not making fun of him, but laughing with him, I suppose, in some sense. And now, when I look at it, sure, maybe he was the most sensible of all of us, because he's way ahead of the curb on this one. Uh, keep texting, another person says, not, I remember using newspapers, not toilet roll, yeah, but I'd rather you didn't use newspapers. Uh, this is what mass hysteria causes. Added to that is the fact that a lot of these people that are panic buying are using social media as their main source of information. It's crazy. Pass me the jacks roll. What? What do you mean there's none? 
says Gary. Uh, Gary is right. You know, the people are using social media as their main source of information. Once again, I'm looking at social media and Twitter and constantly seeing the stories about, you know, Dr. Oz says if you take two vitamin C tablets a day, you won't get the virus. This is nonsense. This is not true. Uh, some other doctor says if you drink mouthfuls of water every 10 minutes, you won't get the virus. Untrue. These are all untrue. If you hold your breath for 10 seconds and don't cough your grand, you don't have the virus. Again, these are untrue. I mean, I, I, we got that one yesterday, so we were all doing it here in the office, <laughs> you know, thinking that maybe it was true. But they, I mean, in saying that, you need to go to the proper source of information, which is the, the public health service, the HSE. Go to their website. Whether you trust them or not, that's the proper information. That is official information. Not stuff that Mary down the road saw on social media. The best one I saw yesterday was um, that this is all being controlled by the Chinese and American government and they're switching on and off the coronavirus with 5G. That's, I swear to God, you have no idea how mental people are. Uh, let me go to John. John, you're on Classic Hits. How you doing, John? Hi, Adam. Thanks very much for this opportunity. Now, I, just, I, I sent uh, an email on the 28th of February to... DAA, Dublin Airport Authority. Yep. And I asked some very pertinent questions. Since that, I've sent two subsequent emails as, rem- as reminders, and I still haven't responded to any of them. And what, 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 was, uh, the, what was the crux of your email? Well, I'm just going to read briefly. I won't keep you that long. Okay. Um, I refer to the recent outbreak of coronavirus, and it's extremely high potential to cause death and or serious injuries to the public. As you should be aware, it can be brought into this country by visitors from other infected countries. And um, things like that, there's, there's, I know there's a total of seven questions that, that I asked. And well, I well, well, what, what were your questions? So give, us, give us your questions. I'm just interested to hear. Well, just bear with me for a second if you can. Um, okay. I have to get up from another phone. Oh, well, no, you, don't, you don't have to read it for bad. I mean, just, I mean, in your head, I'm sure you remember some of the questions you wrote, but just, just off the top of your head, what, what, were, you, yeah, what okay, were you concerned right. about in um, general? I asked him about screening at Dublin Airport. Has it been undertaken? Is it being undertaken by medically qualified personnel? If not, why not? Oh, so, so the then, clean, the, you want to know if the cleaning was being carried out by people who were trained in, in sterile situations? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Screening. Oh, screening. Oh, screening. Sorry, I touched the yeah, cleaning. Yeah, okay. yeah, sorry about that. Okay. And um, okay. the first examinations, stroke screenings have not been undertaken. Please explain why. But I don't, think, um, I don't think most countries, John, are undertaking screening. Well, I mean, given a look, I'm in the tourist industry myself. Yeah. I drive goats, to be honest. Yeah, but I mean, it's very, see, the problem, the problem with this particular virus, and, and this is what's been said in relation to screening, some countries, all right, are using the temperature gauge, you know, as people pass by, you know, they, uh, the thermal imaging, it's called, right? So they can tell if somebody has a, a high temperature. Now, if a person yeah, they didn't high, use it on that... that okay, well, well, no, 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 let me finish. Went up the yeah, but let, let me finish, okay. So, so in, in that, they could pick up people who just have colds and flus, right? Uh, and they mm-hmm. also... The girl that went to the north, she may not have been shown signs of our symptoms of having the virus, so she may not have had a temperature. The, 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 the problem is that most people don't have a temperature when they get it first, anyway. You know, I mean, so it's, how could you screen somebody? How could you screen somebody? Well, I mean, it's going to take time to do it, but good God, you know. But how could you do it? I, I know I'm asking. I'm not going to go with you. See, this is what I said in the email. I'm, I'm not a qualified. Yeah, no, no, I'm, and I'm not qualified either, but I'm, I'm saying to you, from what we know, how could you screen somebody? How? Send, send them through a scanner. So they go through a scanner, or a temperature scanner, which would be body temperature, 
and there's nothing on it. Doesn't show up, and they have thirty five and a half degrees or whatever the standard body mm-hmm. temperature is, thirty six degrees. So what do you do then? Yeah. Well, that I means they don't have it. Well, that, that doesn't mean they don't have it. You're missing the point, John. Well, no, not most me. people who have it don't have a temperature in the early stages. So, so that we just let them go. Then that's grand, and you don't have it. Well, but then they could. But then you have, you know. And the then what and happens if somebody walks through? I'm, I'm, see, John, you think I'm having a go at you? But what happens if someone walks through and they just happen to have a cold, or they happen to have a bit of a flu? Yeah. Uh, do we stop them and put them in isolation for 14 days? If it takes that. Right. You so, know, but but the isolation would be full. Well, yeah, but we, we could be filling isolation units with the wrong people. So then you put somebody into isolation who has the flu in, a, in I don't know, a big hall or somewhere, wherever you're going to keep them near the airport, because there'll be a lot of people, and you're putting them in with people who might have the virus. Well, I mean, look, what they're doing in the States, I'm not, not letting them in at all. Well, that, that, that's... Well, we could do that here. Okay, screening is not an option. So, so close, are you saying stop all flights? Yes, if necessary. If necessary, do that. Of course, why not? Have some more important money. All right, okay. I, 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 that's, that's, that's my take on it. Okay, okay, so what, what other questions did you ask? Just curious. Oh, I asked him to get back to him. You told me everything was uh, recorded, copied and everything. And, yeah, uh, yeah. I'm surprised they didn't respond to you. They, they, they no, probably, they didn't. Yeah, no, because probably, the questions are too pertinent. Well, they're not too pertinent. And there's probably an explanation for every single one of them, I'm sure. And I would like to think they're taking very, you know, uh, positive steps in Dublin, Air, Dublin Airport, which the DAA would be responsible for. Um, I, I'd like to think they're taking positive steps, but I think there's a limit to what they can actually do, John. And I understand the point you're trying to make, and particularly if you sent that letter some time ago, it would have been the early stages. Maybe now things would be slightly different. The person says, hi, Niall. I'm an ordinary Joe Soap and an elderly relation as well. As these clowns panic by, none of this worries me whatsoever. What does worry me is an elderly man beside me that won't be able to get a sliced pan or a litre of milk. Do the general public believe internet gossip? You're all Muppets. We ain't going to uh, run out of food. Uh, you're not going to die of hunger. Once uh, I have a gun to hunt pheasant, duck, etc., says Adrian. I get the point you're making. I think it's you're right. It's a very selfish attitude to go out and panic by when you're a young healthy person when there's elderly people out there who can't get to the shops you know what I mean and just to remind people by the way somebody texted about the classic hits party which is supposed to be on the 27th of March and that has been postponed obviously uh, because of the announcement today of course that we don't want to uh, be part or do something irresponsible like have a lot of people in one place at one time and our, as you know our parties are usually very busy so just to let you know the big party in the voodoo rooms on March the 27th the Classic Kids party has now been postponed and we will give you more details when we uh, obviously designate a date for that at a later date I've just been to the shop and my god I don't think the government said about panic buying what is wrong like why is people doing that it's actually frightening other people. Um, unbelievable. It is. It is quite frightening to see people panic buying because we seriously start believing that something is very, very wrong. And don't get me wrong, something is wrong and we all need to be conscious of that. But this panic buying is ridiculous. I know I won't be the first to think this. I might not be the first, but I might be the first to say it today. Um, should we ask the vulnerable people to go into lockdown Instead of asking the whole country to go into lockdown. Totally selfish on my half. Then again, I don't know how I'd react if I got the virus. Mightn't react very well. 43. Reasonably healthy. But you just don't know, do you? But should it be the vulnerable and the elderly who should be requested to go into lockdown? And let us, the healthy people, look after them. 
you know, um, do our part for that. Whatever you think. Yeah, you know, it's not a selfish idea if you think about it logically. I know some people might take you out of context because you clearly said you would like to help and support those people. And you are right. And, and I think the advice is there, by the way, if you are vulnerable or you are elderly or if you have parents who are elderly, is, yeah, put, well, when I say put them in lockdown, you've got to make them very conscious of, you know, how they shouldn't get the virus. You know, particularly if you've something, say, if you've cystic fibrosis or you've diabetes and they're talking about asthma as well, people with asthma. Um, you know, you've got to be more conscious because it is more dangerous to you. If you're elderly and, say, over the age of 75 or 80, um, you have to be conscious that those people are more vulnerable. And, yes, they should be self-isolating, if at all possible, as long as they have help from siblings or sons or daughters, you know, to make sure they're provided for and they're looked after. Absolutely. I don't disagree with you at all that we should be absolutely focusing on those people who are vulnerable and making sure they are isolated uh, from us because we are the ones who are going to spread it to them. Let me go to Greg. Greg, you're on Classic Kids. How you doing, Greg? Hi, how are you doing? I'm in Tesco's in Niffy Valley. I just come to get a pint of, you know, a pint of milk and a loaf of bread. This is Tesco's in, in Liffey Valley. Yeah, okay. Yeah, people are... There's like... Must be, well, just quite a number. There was about six or 700 people in here. It was packed. It was like Christmas. People are fighting and pushing each other. I've seen people buying a, a tray of soup. They are panic buying and it's, they are being silly. I know the soup's not going to go off, but they're buying so much fresh stuff. I'm just thinking normal people. I the woman was looking at me when I was at the till and she said, is that all you're getting? I said, yeah, just some tea bags. Just, just tea bags and pint of milk, yeah. yeah <laughs> I just wanted like a cup of tea, yeah. Yeah, it's just, it was just a, a box of tea bags. There's no tea bags, there's, there's no bread. There's people fighting, there's not much milk. People are actually going mad. And there's more than up. There's more than five hundred people inside here. It's just a hundred people. It's a lot. It's yeah, but well, well, see, isn't this the whole point? This is completely counterproductive because what yeah. you're doing is going into an environment or creating an environment where it's quite possible that you will spread it more than ever before because thousands oh, cool. of people are all together. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's um, people like me. I was just going in to get. I just, we just used the bread up this morning. I thought I'll get a loaf of bread and the milk. I don't, you know, I'm just buy what I need. Yeah. The first, there are people going mad here at the moment. Right. Someone would nearly run me down in the car park in a new Range Rover. 20, I was crossing the crossing and she just didn't see me. It was too busy looking for space, driving mad. Yeah. She didn't run me down. I mean, you're going to have people getting knocked down. I mean, that poor lady got knocked down the other night. I mean, people have just got to relax a little bit, you know. Yeah, be, no, I know. Be, but but, but you, you, hey, you can say that till the cows come home, but you know they're not going to relax. Yeah, but, no, but just even be a bit more friendly. People are fighting and arguing. And what are the, what are the cues for the tails like? Um, they, they were really busy. It was like Christmas time. There right. was like 10, 12, 13. Now I just and what are you noticing? Is it like bread and toilet paper and... Everything. Right, okay, just <laughs> stacked high in the trolleys. Yeah, and, and, and like the shelves are missing. I mean, loads of milk, the bread, um, the, there's no toilet paper, there's no, um, you know, there's, there's loads of stuff going. Um, I went through, the, I was just walking through, so I wasn't grabbing the, the meat there, people are grabbing the meat, they're buying tins of like, 10 or 12 tins of kidney beans, not like two. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's just... They're going to be living on pasta and kidney beans for the next, yeah. next yeah. week. So it's a, it's a good point you make, Greg, and you're right, absolutely. People are going mad, you need to stop it. That's Tesco's in Clare, in um, Liffey Valley he was in. So he says, now, can you ask if the post office closed? I, well, there's no reason why the post office should be closed. Uh, there's no suggestion of that, by the way. So no, I, I think the answer to your question is no, the post office shouldn't be closed. The person said, there's thousands of sick people. Uh, where are they? I haven't heard anyone call your show. Well, 
that's I, I don't know. They're hardly going to call in and say, how are you doing? I have coronavirus. Um, I haven't seen anyone on Chinese television, Italian television. Uh, Leo goes to America. Everyone celebra- celebrates in Cheltenham. What happens then in the Chel- uh, when the Cheltenham people come home? Agenda 21, all about vaccination, everyone. Ah, I get you. You're a conspiracy theorist. Ah, right. And you don't believe anyone actually has it because you think, I haven't seen someone with it, so it doesn't exist. So hundreds of people haven't died in Italy. Hundreds of people haven't died around the world. And thousands upon thousands of people haven't been very sick from it. Right. You don't believe that, do you? Right, I'll tell you what. Well done to you. Give me a round of applause, everybody. We're going to send you out a tinfoil hat for your head, all right? Clown. Okay, keep texting, keep WhatsApping. The number is 087-188-008. By the way, I just got a call from a courier who says, might be worth mentioning that people need to take responsibility for washing their hands and using hand sanitizer, as there are people I have come into or who have come, uh, who have been to work and that cannot work from home. Yeah, absolutely. All right, let me just go to uh, Peter. You're on Classic Kids. How are you doing, Peter? How are you doing? You well? God, uh, no, it's, just, it's, it's just crazy. I mean, the, the, the series want to start putting out bulletins on, on show, and like what you're doing there, Neil, about this panic buying. I was talking to a man of mine that works in the butchers, and he said, at this time of the day, normally the meat in place is full. He said, they're empty. Now, he said, we're not going to run out of meat. There's massive freezers. He said, there, there's loads of meat there. But he said, one woman came in, she paid, she, paid, uh, she bought about 300 euros worth of meat. For what? <laughs> the cows are not going to go into isolation tomorrow, or the sheep, or the you know what I mean. But sure, you, the pigs. you try, you try and tell people it's the same as that other man going to Tesco's buy a, a bag of tea, a box of tea bags, and a, and a, size, a pan of bread, and he said the plate and they're fighting. And he said when he was walking by the shop, he came out from around or something to get something. And he said, you want to see, and the bath of the car was full of bags. And when she opened the boot, he said, I don't know how much food she had. He said, I said, where is she going to put all of it? <laughs> where, where is she going to store said, all this food? Yeah. All this food? yeah. He said, it's crazy. I mean, I mean, as people said, social media, are, are people really that stupid, are they? In all fairness. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. We should take all the government advice seriously. We should be conscious of protecting ourselves. Oh, yeah. But but the, nowhere nowhere in the regulations to say, please run to your local supermarket and spend your week's wages on, on you know goods in the first day. But it was all when Leo come on there and everything. about it. There's plenty of food, and, and you're saying it. Other radio stations are saying it. Uh, people, but it's just gone into panic mode now when you're there. I mean, my God, I don't know. I mean, you, you go the weekend now, and uh, because... I'm working, or the white, or other people are working. You'll go to the shop the weekend. You won't be able to get high in because no, be I, mean, I won't be able to get a carton of milk for my cup of tea later yeah. tonight. Yeah, it'll be it's ridiculous. It's yeah, no, it is. It is. But here's the thing: you're on. Greg was on. Paul Murphy was on the TD earlier on about it. Uh, Robbie was on. There was a guy called uh, Brian was on there earlier on. He was at Tesco's and Claire Hall, the gone man. So we're yeah. all on saying how ridiculous it is. So who's the ones that are doing it? If we if we all <laughs> believe it's ridiculous. Why are people doing it? Oh, I don't know. It just it doesn't make sense. I mean, no, uh, it make it's out sense. there telling you not to store up. I know they're telling you to self-isolate and all. That's fair enough and go out and get food and stuff. But it's not a mad panic where they're telling you to go out and buy as much to the store that don't step outside the door. Yeah, I, by the way, I find Maybe. it even more concerning that there's an individual that texts the show that thinks the whole thing is a conspiracy theory. Oh, yeah, if there's so many sick people, where are they? Why aren't they ringing your show and all? He said, at the end, of, it's all about vaccinations, everyone. 
he's anti-vaccination yeah, the, I can tell you now cases, yeah. I can tell you now we're all praying for a vaccination for this praying for it yeah. <laughs> apart, well apart from him because like, he wouldn't take it or her or whatever whoever the person is I, so I did say Helena's just get the tinfoil hat ready we're going to send it out to them as a prize on the show <laughs> listen thanks Peter have a wonderful day all and right. a wonderful weekend alright okay thanks. cheers cheers by the way, just to remind that person who asked the question about the post office, uh, we just yeah, we just uh, verified that one on post uh, services as normal, okay? So the post office is not closing. In relation to the person who asked about the confirmation of communion tomorrow, if indeed the event has over 100 people indoors, um, it should be cancelled. And that is the answer to your question. And I don't think that's too difficult to understand for everybody. All events with over 100 people indoors and all events with over 500 people as well, uh, such as gigs, etc., uh, which might be outdoors, or mass gatherings, all will be cancelled. All right. But again, if you want to get information locally from your own area in relation to local events, the best place to call would be your local event organiser, be it the church, if it's a confirmation or communion, the church or the school, I'm sure they will give you the information. Uh, but again, all schools are closed. Um, and all public cultural buildings will be closed uh, also there will be no audiences on television or radio for that matter by the way um, so the Late Late Show for the first time well no but the first time the snow was pretty bad they would no audience for that the Late Late Show will have no audience tomorrow Real people Real opinions Real talk radio The multi award winning Niall Boylan Show Classic Hits